Oh, look, because she she took four years of Spanish, so like we had Taco Tuesday this week mm-hmm. at work for potluck, and we were talking. You know, it's like, oh, look at me, I'm Cheryl, I'm so special, I'm bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> Is she bilingual? Yeah, well, not really. Like she she she's pretty good. Like she's, I would say, probably on the edge of conversant in Spanish. Oh, okay. So but, she's semi bilingual. She can probably understand it. Some bilingual. Some bilingual. Some bilingual. Yeah, she can probably understand it, and it, but it's hard to talk back. It's important. Can't hear myself. Right. That's where I was. Um, Let's see. I'm not hearing myself. In? That's I what I'm trying you. to test, test, test. I mean, I can't hear you. You can't hear me either. Say it again. I've got you. You have me. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Now you have me. Yeah. I'm registering. Okay, I got you. I'm registering very slowly though on the actual very screen here. Slowly. Slow. Well, it's not very high compared to Ken, but Ken's loud. Like, oh, look, I'm so special. I walk dogs, and just like this, <laughs> just whatever random thing I can come up with, that you know. Does she walk dogs? She does. She does. She does. Humane Society. She she's a dog walker. So yeah, I just come up with these random like whatever she is that to be talking about. There we moment. go. I can hear you. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm Cheryl. I'm so special, and then whatever. You <laughs> know. Poor Cheryl. I figured it out. It sucks to be her. It really does. We have a we have a poor stroller at work right now too. Who who's oh we do we do literally I know that's what I was saying. Her name is Cheryl. That's Cheryl. All right, Pete, go ahead and talk. I am talking about Cheryl. Cheryl, who got evicted from her home because her son is not allowed to be in her trailer park, and yet he keeps arriving. Because she's not a fucking cunt. No. Actually, she's not a cunt. Johnny Five or something. Johnny Five? Johnny Five. Hey. Johnny Five is a lot. I can hear myself. Good. <laughs> it wasn't seated, bro. All right. Go ahead, Pete. Anyways, I'm talking again. Like a... What do you have, Gav? Ken. What? What would you like me to say? That's it. Read the run sheet. Read the run sheet. We're going to do intros. Then we're going to do five ways blank according to the law, 10 through 20. Okay. Mark that. Mark me, gentlemen. That's, 10 through 20. That's minutes, by the way. We have like last <laughs> <laughs> A minute. And then we're going to do 10 common cognitive bias, 24 common, common cognitive biases. I'm excited about that one, by the way. I knew oh, you would be. yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're going to be stuck in a couple of... Rude Scottish words added to the Oxford English Dictionary. I can't do a Scottish accent, but I'll read them, and then Ken can supply the word in a Scottish accent. He has extras, too, that aren't on that link. So you're going to read the uh, read the definitions, and I'll just, like, yell the word into them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, peckle fleck. Ugh. Like, what the fuck? Have you, did you did you guys watch the video of the pickle flick? Is it just? I've it's just the, like the cheese. I've seen the pickle flick. So we're building a hamburger one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, That's what we're gonna talk just about. Just wait till we get to special sauce. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna try. Oh, to, look at me! I'm sauce. I'm so special. <laughs> we're gonna try to predict what the next one's going to be. Oh, let's just make it. We'll do like. Yeah. We'll just do a video real quick and be like slice of cheese. Pickle the rest of the hamburger. <laughs> like a, a head, like you pop somebody in the head with a with a head of lettuce. <laughs> and then after that, we play Fruit Ninja with them. Yeah. Ooh, we'll call it the lettuce lob. <laughs> the lettuce lob. <laughs> Jesus. Elon Musk released a rap song uh, paying homage to Harambe the gorilla. It's terrible. 
Garia. That guy's so crazy. He was rapping in it. Oh, wait, I can hear myself. It's t- it's, it's there. I am super auto tuned, but yeah. Oh awesome. right, no. Cool. Well, how how would it not be? <laughs> right, right. Thanks to auto tune, I could have a musical career. Right. I was just we listening to a, a song let's, came on the other day, and it was like, we oh, should. you can hear the auto tune like every like you you have this range, and this is the song that you're singing. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think that something would come along next to make me actively miss Mariah Carey. <laughs> right? But there it is. I'm like, oh, I wish. Living in that kind of world. Court dismisses $1.8 million bullying case brought by a man accusing boss of breaking wind. The story is actually pretty funny when you read it. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's, I'm sure. I, I know. I don't, we're, like I, the, I don't like the poopy humor. I know we're lowbrow and everything. <laughs> or or we're, right. we, we say we're highbrow, but we're really not. Well. I, then, I still have standards. Yeah, and then Ken's uh, sliced bagel. Yeah, did you guys uh, see the, the? Have you guys been seeing the uh, the the, the uh, galleries of like new, uh, St. Louis style everything else? No. Yes, yeah. yeah, like St. Louis style peanut butter and jelly sandwich where it's on the outside. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it's just the most ridiculous things you can think of. I saw the one today for the they were slicing a donut. Oh my word. Um. All right. Well, we got the fallacies. Fallacies. Phallics. Oh, we have, you have the last one, too. Another one about poop. Oh, yeah. John oh, yeah. Hundred decades worth of human poop in Denali National Park in Alaska. Wait till you hear how many tons. Hey, did, you, did you guys hear that, 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 uh, that, that ice, that uh, glacier in Greenland is actually getting thicker? Huh. In Greenland? Yeah. There's a, great, great, there's a glacier in Greenland that's... Uh, it's part of the climate change stuff. Like this is like, this is like a climate change deniers like dream come true. How is it getting thicker? It's apparently like it's not receding. It's the, the ice is actually like growing. Weird. Yeah. It's very odd. It's very odd. Mm. But you know, it's the same way. Like, but that's that's I view that as being the equivalent of you know like uh, climate change deniers saying, oh well, it's cold outside. So how 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 is the global how is the planet warming? Right. You know, it's, it's gonna it's be cold thing. somewhere. Yeah, right. You know, well, won't it for now anyway. throw us into an ice age, anyways? That Eventually. kind of selfish. Well, yeah, because you know the Atlantic, the North Atlantic current, which keeps everything else warm, is shifting. No, it's not. Yeah. <sighs> right. You can't see a current. Yeah, they don't <laughs> exist. The currents don't exist, man. You would exist, man. It doesn't. They don't go anywhere because the Earth is flat. Yeah, Everybody man. Knows that. There's no real currents. That's just you running real fast, man. <laughs> you know what's the best part about everything when we start a podcast for the day is the stuff where we don't think we're recording but we actually are I know um, you were recording that yeah you just start recording because you're a douchebag that's fine I will take that with stride because this is episode 29 of the Vlix podcast 29 oh we stop at 30 right <laughs> like that's, that's season finale as, as, a, as a public service as a public service yeah we stop yeah. at 30 we're done at 30 we're gonna we're gonna stop yeah. at 30 and then like come back and take a month off and then like you know figure out what the hell we're about in that time and and then like you know yeah 30 episodes was our trial run right now we're gonna start this podcast <laughs> and then we, once we hit 30 yeah. we'll have a real one yeah one through to 30 is gonna be lost episodes part two <laughs> Uh, good stuff. I'm your host, J-Bo. This week, I'm joined with Pete. Hello. Danon. That's me. And Ken. Greetings. Anything new, guys? Not a damn thing. You went to spam a lot. 
I did go to Spamalot. That's true. I like to the, push the Pramalot. At the Capitol Theater. Was that Capitol? No, it was the waiting. Oh, waiting. Oh, it was the waiting. Yeah, it was waiting. Yeah, the big Broadway show. We can't. Yeah, no. Capitol. It's Went too to, small. I got I got confettied for the first time in my life at Spamalot. You got confettied? Yeah, like, so when it's done, right, everybody sings um, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, and everybody stands up and claps, and then they explode confetti balloons above you, so all the confetti comes down like we won a championship or something. Yay! Yeah. I had, like, confetti in my mouth and in my butt crack. <laughs> Whiting Janitori was super enthused about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, they hated it. Yeah. You could just see him in the back as everyone's filing out crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be here till tomorrow. There is so much confetti. So much. We don't have any shows, I think, until like next week at the wedding. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think you got anything. Literally. But it's just like the one old guy with a push broom who has to clean it all up. <laughs> and then, and then next weekend, I've I, well, in a couple of days actually, I've got the uh, Glass Menagerie mm-hmm. at the Rep, Ooh, the yeah. Flint Repertory Theater. Yeah. yeah, I've never been there. You've been on all kinds hey, of fancy guys, shows. Are you guys going to reduce Shakespeare? We are not going to reduce Shakespeare. Which is kind of sad, actually. I think I think we're going to. I, don't, I, I hate passing up a Shakespeare. Yeah. Especially when they're doing all of them. <laughs> I know. They're and, doing and, all of the Shakespeare? They're doing all of Shakespeare's plays in reduced format. Yes. And it's hol- it's always hilarious. Is it is it as funny as uh, Midsummer Night's Dream? It's not. Because it, that was hilarious. Midsummer's was great. Um, but it's all going to be, like, some of it they just, like... They'll pick just random words, like the catchphrases and stuff like that, and they present them in a hilarious manner. The Reduce Shakespeare Company does brilliant work. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we're not going to go to that. Because I got the Glass Menagerie, and then and then in a couple weeks after that, we got the Flint City Bucks first soccer game. Oh, yeah, that's against right. Against Detroit City FC. Ooh. Tickets Ooh. are only 10 bucks. So I'm totally hey, going to be there. Is Detroit City FC uh, Dan Gilbert's uh, team, or is that uh, is he bringing in like some like like is that a, like a major league soccer that he's he wants to bring in? I no, uh, Detroit City FC is not like I don't think it's Dan Gilbert's. I don't team. know. It's the big. T- yeah, he wanted to like build a. You know, I remember the whole they were gonna he was gonna build them a jail in exchange for giving him the land that the jail is current the half finished jail is on. I know that's so he the build team. A major league soccer stadium. That's the team he wanted con- to convert into. Oh, he wants okay. So that he wants to take them. Like pro, like on Beckham level. Well, not Beckham level because that would be Premier League, and we're just not that good. But he can bring it up to MLS, which is like the yeah. grade school Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I could talk soccer all day, but yeah, Flint City Bucks first game, so that's sweet. I'm up. I'm ready for that. Jazzy, jazzy, and exciting. Mm-hmm. For us Michigan football fans, we've got the uh, spring game this show, this month. Oh, do we? Yeah. Oh, and uh, Avengers Endgame opens before the before the month is out as well. I still have to go see Captain Marvel. It's okay. It it's good. okay? Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was good. It didn't, like, blow you away or anything, but... I just figured I had to see it before I went and saw it in game. Yeah, yeah I think you're supposed to. Like, yeah, you, you definitely to. want to, because uh, uh, Captain Marvel's going to be in Endgame. Yeah. It's just, we've just been having so many things happen at the house, with my dad being in and out of the hospital. So... I just don't want to go to the theater to see these movies, because I just had it with people lately hmm. and go early on a wednesday yeah that's usually the best that's yeah, we should just skip work in the I morning go and go to, wednesday uh, morning i go over yeah. to uh which take the whole office for the marvel movies uh because you have these like large luxurious recliners so nobody's really really close to you where at at celebration and lansing 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a great theater. Yeah, that's where we'll go this weekend. It's all power recliners. Uh, they have, like, love seat recliners, too. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, it's really cool. I can dig it. And uh, they have food service in the theater, too. You can eat, like, fried chicken? I don't think fr- they might- Well, yeah, probably, because chicken tenders, I think, are on the menu. <laughs> there you go. Which is technically fried chicken. Yeah. yeah. And not a sandwich. Not a sandwich. Speaking of which... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, here what we go. What did you do? Here we I go. have You did a, something. I did. I have a special segment for us uh, today. You didn't tell anybody about this. I didn't. I intentionally did not. Because you I, insufferable prick. I knew yeah, right? that if I didn't have you guys here with your headphones and microphones in front of you, you would all run away from us. I this. want my paddle. I need my paddle now. You need your paddle? Right. All right, hold on. Put holes in mine so I can hit you with it later. After I hate this, whatever this is. No, this is going to be golden. <laughs> after I finish hating this. <laughs> after I'm done hating this. Whatever it may be. Here you go, sir. Here's two. We are passing around paddles for those who, who obviously can't see because you're listening to us. Um, because we're going to beat Jonathan if this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't going to be terrible. You mean when this is terrible. When this is terrible. It's not going to be. We've been down this road before. All right. We've been hurt before, Jonathan. I think this I is awesome. I can trust you on this. Be careful. I was actually hearts. really surprised that I found this. This is actually from a year ago, March 22nd, 2018. Okay. What do we got? If there's anything to do with sandwiches, you're getting a paddle. <laughs> Five ways to define a sandwich according to the law. Oh, my the word. Law, huh? Yeah. So what are the <clears throat> odds we're going to see breadcrumbs? Okay. Where, ha- where, where oh. have they defined? What laws have, have defined sandwiches? California. California. Of course, California. Thank you, California. <laughs> Massachusetts. Oh, you The Commonwealth of Massachusetts really got into this shit? The they USDA. <laughs> they don't really count. They don't count. Nobody cares about the them. The USDA again. Oh, they did it twice. twice. They contradicted themselves. Not today. only did they do it, they did it twice. The, the nerve of those bastards. And New York. Of course, New York. So. Because of all the delicatessens. California, hot right. dogs are... Sandwiches. That's bullshit. They're hot dogs. <laughs> no. If a submarine sam- if, if a submarine okay, sandwich is okay. a sandwich, the hot dog is. Same All right. Thing. Okay. Okay. I could go along with that. Hot dogs are often snagged in the center of a sandwich thematics drama. Despite fitting the description of a food product served on a bread-like product, many sandwich purists insist that hot dogs deserve their own category. So, so wait a minute. So, what is the actual definition according to California? Does it say? To California. <clears throat> California joins Merriam-Webster in declaring that a hot dog is a sandwich nonetheless. Okay, okay well, they but haven't what's actually their defined definition what a sandwich of a is, sandwich? Then. Does it say? The bold word choice appears in the state's tax law, which mentions hot dog and hamburger sandwiches served from sandwich stands or booths. Okay, okay, so applying he doesn't say the what a sandwich, sandwich is. to burgers is less controversial, but still worth debating. So it doesn't say what a sandwich is, but it says that a hot dog is one. Correct. So I'm, I'm guessing... Okay, so they still haven't defined a sandwich. No, they haven't defined a sandwich. They defined a hot dog. But a hot dog is a sandwich I in mean, California. Next. I guess. All right, next. next. Yeah. What's Massachusetts that's not enough, got yeah. to say? Massachusetts. Now, this is actually a negative one. Ooh. For Mass- if you are in the great state of Massachusetts, a burrito burrito is not a sandwich. No. It's not a sandwich. That's no, correct. Not. Yep. 
When Kidoba threatened to encroach on the territory of Panera Bread and Shrewsbury, whatever the fuck, Massachusetts, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, the owners of the bakery franchise fought back. They claimed the Mexican chain arrival would violate their lease agreement with the White City Shopping Center. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> with the White City. That's what it says. Do they have a Grand Blank too? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be Fenton now. Uh, specifically, the clause, the clause that prohibits the strip mall from renting to other sandwich restaurants. Yeah, keto is not a sandwich. We were surprised at the suit because we think it's common sense that a burrito is not a sandwich. Good try, Panaria. Jerks. Right. <clears throat> uh, the Worcester Court Superior Court agreed oh, when the stop. issue went. Sorry. Weird phone call coming. <laughs> Um, against Panera, saying, I don't know of no chef or culinary historian who would call a burrito a sandwich. Indeed, the notion would be absurd to any credible shelf, chef or culinary historian. Yeah, that's absurd. So, Not yeah. even Jonathan could argue that a, a burrito is a sandwich. He would try, though. I don't even think he'd try. I think I'm he'd just sure. concede that one. Nah. All right, what's next? I would say that a bur- burrito wrapped is a burrito. But that's its own classification. It's a burrito. It's a burrito. Yes. But semantically. It's, a, not, it's not bread. What's the difference between a burrito and a wrap then? That, that's what I would bring up. Because a wrap is technically, and we'll see here in a second, considered a sandwich. But it's not because it's not bread. No, it's just a vegetable burrito. It's a version like of Like a bread. ham and cheese burrito. Yeah. I do feel, though, however, a quesadilla is a sandwich. No. Why? It's Why would open, that be more sandwich-like? Because it's open on one end the same way a submarine sandwich or a hot dog is. Correct. But it's not bread. But it, but it is bread. a form of bread. It's a corn tortilla is not a form unlike, of bread. It's cornbread. It's not even corn. It's still a flour tortilla. You don't, you don't make tortillas. There's even, there's there's flour. You make them out of flour tortillas. It's the same as you yeah. do bread. Oh it's a burrito God. folded in half instead it's of bread. It's just the way you cook the flour. Anyways, what's the next? Aren't you the one who's claiming that the name of Mexican food is just the order in which it goes in? Yeah, and none of it's a sandwich. So what's a quesadilla? It's like a half burrito. It's like folded. So what's a submarine sandwich? It is technically. You guys are going to start in with the tacos. Now tacos are sandwiches. Technically they are. No, technically they are not. Yes, they are. They're just made with So any grain product touching your food on the outside of it in any way, shape, or form is now a sandwich. All right, is what so we're saying. if you order a shawarma. That's a sandwich, apparently. I'm I just, disagree. I'm, I'm asking. I just, I don't think, no, I don't think you if call you, that a sandwich. Because if you have something on pita bread, that's bread. It is bread. So what what draws a distinction between pita bread and flour tortilla? One word. Like, <laughs> and how thin and thick it is. What's the What's the difference between pita bread and tortilla? Like me and Ken are pita breads. You two are tortillas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's the, what's the next city? Go go ahead. What's the next city? Oh, uh, the next one is the USDA. Twice. All right. What does the USDA say? USDA one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A sandwich is meat between two slices of bread. Slices of bread. Has to be sliced bread, then, according <clears throat> to the USDA. That means a hot dog is not. Right. 
Because it's not between, it's wedged. Yeah. But wait till we get to number four. It throws everything into confusion. Okay, what's USDA 2? <sighs> well, hold on, I'm going to read, I'm gonna read the government paragraph. regulations can do this. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to know the definition of a certain dish, the officials at the U.S. Department of Agriculture are good people to ask. It's their job, nonetheless. When it comes to sandwiches, the agency follows strict criteria. Mm-hmm. Ooh. A sandwich is a meat or poultry filling between two slices of bread, bun, or a biscuit. A biscuit. Okay, but See, it no. can't just be meat because there's grilled cheese. Sandwich. Oh, they threw in the biscuits for breakfast sandwiches because McDonald's has a, a biscuit His definition sandwich. comes what, what from the... an English muffin or a bagel? Right. So these definitions come from the Food Standards and Labeling Policy book used by the department. The USDA only covers the labeling of meat, poultry, and egg products, while the FDA handles everything else. Which is why the USDA's definition excludes things like grilled cheese. That's why. Because the FDA handles cheese. FDA's realm is F- cheese. The USDA's realm is meat. Huh. Cheese is a milk product. Yeah. yeah. No, they said USDA handles uh, meat, meat and poult- Meat, poultry, eggs. and eggs. Meat, poultry, and eggs. Meat, poultry, and eggs. Uh, not included under their umbrella of foodstuffs serve, uh, served between bread are burritos, wraps, and hot dogs. All right, so what's the USDA part two? The revenge. Also from the USDA, a burrito is a sandwich-like product. Like product. Sandwich-like, like. but not quite a sandwich. <laughs> so it's almost a sandwich, but just... Not quite. Like, it's little Timmy trying to win the race, and he just trips at the last step. So, basically, at the end of this, we know that we don't know what a a sandwich is for sure. Not yet. But a hot dog is is one. Or is not. And a burrito is not. But it's a sandwich-like product. But it's not a sandwich. Right. So, let me read the paragraph. The USDA definition may not be as simple and elegant as it seems. A sandwich is one thing, but a sandwich-like product is different territory. The same labeling policy book referred to when describing the sandwich lumps burritos into this vague category. Fajitas may also be a sandwich-like product. (laughs) Well, if burritos are fajitas, yes. (laughs) As long as the strips of meat in question come bundled in a tortilla. Tortilla? I want one of them tortillas. (laughs) Give me one of them tortillas. Yeah. Give me one of them flour tortillas. I want, I want, I want some flour tortilla. Another section of the book things. lists hot dogs and hamburgers as examples of. Hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> really fun. <laughs> I want a tortilla and a hamburger. Hamburger tortillas coming your way. I'm getting so excited because of sandwiches, guys. I know you're all hamburgered oh. up. <laughs> I love I love a good sandwich. And you know what's funny? Guy, you want to know why I said that though? Because we have Hamburg Road. I know. <laughs> and you drive past it every day. Every day. Yeah. Anyways, Hamburgs. So after tortillas, <laughs> Hamburgs. Another section of the book lists hot dogs and hamburgers. There you go. Uh, as examples of sandwich type products when laying out inspection policies for pre-packaged dinners. Okay, mm-hmm. so for the dinner to call it a sandwich, it has to be according to their guidelines. Yep. So there is an example of a meat wrapped in carb dish that doesn't belong to the sandwich family. 
What? <laughs> Meat wrapped in carbs. What? Apparently, strombolis are where the US, USDA draws the line. The food standards of literally policy book clearly states the product is not considered a traditional sandwich. Strombolis are right out. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we don't even talk about strombolis. Strombolis are right out. They're not even in the discussion. Which is literally meat wrapped in bread. Yeah. Tortillas, right. hamburgers. It's it's an Italian burrito is what it is. Right. Protein wrapped in carbs. I'm going to be at that meeting like, oh, what's a sandwich? And they're going back and forth and someone's like, what about a stromboli? God damn it, Kevin, you shut up. Yeah, you get the right, you get, get right out, Kevin. Right out. Take your damn you, stromboli yeah, with Kevin, you. Kevin, you can fuck right the fuck off. <laughs> right. We've been at this thing for 35 straight hours. God damn it, Kevin. Get the hell out of here. We were so close to being done. Right. If this were the federal government, I'd fire you, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> so I'm going to force you to take an early retirement with full pension. Okay. Well, we still have one more, we have one one more to go. But then there's one guy in the corner eating like what appears to be a ham sandwich, but it's between two things of uncooked ramen just slowly <laughs> crunching in the corner not mentioning that just just definitely not jumping is into the, the ramen made of flour he's made he, no he's got meat in between two burritos <laughs> that's forcing a, them to make a call so a quesarito would that be a sandwich it would be technically and it if be. it is would that be the greatest sandwich of all time just no. as it's entirely possible i'm asking for a friend <laughs> no it's entirely possible all right what's the last one number five mm-hmm. new york this one's going to blow you two away. It's going to blow our mind? It is. It's making me angry, isn't it? It's going to make you very angry. <laughs> it was, it was the only reason this. I decided to actually do this today was because of this Because it mentions fried chicken. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. Like, oh, chicken tenders or sandwiches because it's breadcrumbs. Because it's breadcrumbs wrapped around meat. It's, me, it's meat wrapped in bread, man. <sighs> if it's served on something remotely bread-like... Remotely bread like so it's a sandwich. So they've that totally given up. Shit. Okay, That's... but what is the what is the what is the city of New York's definition as bread? Right. When it comes to sandwiches, New York remotely bread like doesn't discriminate. Shoe leather in the remotely. shape of bread. Yeah, like remotely bread. In a bulletin outlining the state's tax policy, a description of what constitutes a sandwich warrants its own subhead. Mm. The article reads. Sandwiches include cold and hot sandwiches of every kind that are prepared or ready to be eaten, whether made on bread, bagels, rolls, in pitas, in wraps, or otherwise. And regardless of the filling or number of layers, a sandwich can be as simple as a buttered bagel or roll. That's bullshit. Okay. So that is or, the definition of people who have so given you, up. Yeah. Or so if you butter it, if you if you if you if if you if you cut a if you cut a, a roll open and butter it and then. Fold it back together. No, they didn't say fold it back together. You made a butter sandwich? Yes. Well, they didn't say fold it back together. They just said putting it, butter on it. But it even just says as... So could be as simple as yeah, a buttered a, thing. So you could just have there, well, they a have, piece of bread. No, hold on, hold on. There's, and declare it a sandwich. Yeah. There's more. It has to be buttered. It has to be buttered? <laughs> yes. Open face butter sandwich. As simple as buttered. Right, but that, that's I mean, not. I the don't think they're though. gonna say that if you have a roll and you just pour salt on it, that it's a salt sandwich. That's a salt sandwich, coming by their definition. Right, it's I'll, as simple as. So I'm saying, no. butter, like Dan, you're right. People are giving sandwich. up. What happened yeah. here? This is what happened: is Kevin. So everybody's having this argument in this room, trying to figure out sandwiches. Kevin comes in with this goddamn stromboli. 
or whatever. Mm. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Everything's yeah. a sandwich. I quit. Let's go home yeah. and well, have some is, chicken, so, so which the, is not a sandwich. New York so, flips the table, storms wait, out of the room. Everything's wait, a goddamn didn't they sandwich. Deci- what, what did they decide that protein wrapped in carb was? Sandwich-like. So that, well, that, was that was the USDA. USDA. So, so according to the USDA, chicken tenders are sandwich-like because they are protein wrapped in carbs. Right. Yeah. But see, these that are means, people who have means, to define things that, means that, that lack subtlety. That, that means it's a sandwich. It's sandwich-like. It's bullshit. That means breadcrumbs are bread by default. But if you have a breadcrumb and you drop some some freaking oil or butter on it, it's a sandwich. Yes. yes. Right. <laughs> That's bullshit. So, New York, you suck. <laughs> New York, right. you've given up completely. I, in so many ways. Come here, come yeah. here and fight Pete. Oh, yeah, come New York, fight me. New York, come fight. You Pete. can bring a sandwich. I got the butter. Let's go. No, screw that. Bring me. Bring, bring some bagels. Bring some bagels. <laughs> Cut them up in little slices for Ken. He likes that shit. <laughs> Ken does not like does not like vertically sliced bagels. Ken doesn't like vertically sliced Ken anything. Ken prefers filleted bagel. So the whole reason why they did this was because of the tax. Right. Do, are they taxing? They sandwiches? have tax sandwich or yes. sandwich tax. So they just doing it for money. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so they can tax everything you make. Yeah, and, they actually yeah, they, have a list. They didn't of, even want to decide what they could tax. They just said everything's a goddamn everything sandwich and you owe me a dollar. Everything's a goddamn sandwich and you owe me a dollar. That's kind of dirty pool. That's right. Like if there's a, like if you're standing on a piece of dog hair and there's a piece of dog hair in your head, you're a sandwich. We're taxing you. Too. Right. They have new meter maids that go around just looking at you being like, yeah, you're a sandwich. You owe me a dollar. So episode 29 goes back to episode one. And you guys were just proven wrong. They just we were not we proven wrong. Anything go. What we were proven is that New York is dirty pool. <laughs> no, you were proven wrong and you can't accept it. No, what? because USDA didn't prove us wrong. See, I don't. I don't live by you know the, the just because somebody writes something down on a piece of paper. I like to do my own thinking, Jonathan. And I know that you you go by what only things that you read, especially that's not online. True. That's not true. I, that I know, might be your opinion, Mister Hinterman, but that's not the law. Yeah, right, that, exactly. That's not true because it's not written down. Well, <laughs> um, this is this is coming from this is coming from somebody that just reads headlines online, looks at the pictures, and then immediately has a violent outburst. Who's, Name Jonathan. I don't. I do not. Yeah, you do. You he don't ever read, read anything. Page. He doesn't read the page before he outrages. Yeah, he doesn't read the page before he outrages. Yes, I do. Okay, good. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The final word. Twenty nine no. episodes later. It is not the final it word. Took 20 Far th- until from you, it. Guys, you guys are gonna get so this guy do some research who claims that he's a philosopher is gonna say that the government. <laughs> <laughs> bureaucracy is who gets to define the the names of things. Well, he's I guess we're all Christian his, now, aren't we, Jonathan? Yeah, he's compromising I hope his you're beliefs. happy. We're all what? Yeah. Well, the, the Bible's the only one they bothered to write down, right? So I guess that's the truth. I hope you like Ooh. your Jesus. Is he on a piece of bread? <laughs> no, he, he is the bread. He is the goddamn cheese. sandwich. He's on a grilled cheese. <sighs> yeah, he did break the bread, well, though. I would say, you grilled know, one, no, when he I, is the bread. Well, Wait a minute, I just on. thought of something. Hold on, hold on. Wait, I got my paddle up, bitches. Okay, say something, but then I just thought of something. You can't about just yell your paddles up when it's not clearly <laughs> on the table. <laughs> You're the only one who can see me, so shut up. <laughs> when I go to church service on Sunday, remember, I get to eat a piece of Jesus bread. Yeah, it's Jesus sandwich. Yeah, You're exactly. Have you ever even been to a church? No. <laughs> I've been to the service like twice Aside in my life. Aside from weddings, so that is. 
Oh, been there for weddings? Um, maybe... I, 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 you've been to weddings, I know. I've been to a couple weddings. Hmm. All right. What do you got? So, this is my thought. According to New York, when Jesus broke bread and handed pieces of bread out to apostles, he was having out sandwiches. I didn't realize this. Were they buttered, though? Sure. They were buttered with the essence of God. All right. The Holy Ghost oh, now you're getting, like... No, because you know, apparently I don't, everything's I don't, a sandwich. I don't yeah. remember seeing butter on the, on the table at the Last Supper. There was oil. You can put oil on it. A little oil. Forget we don't vinegar. know what was in those vases. Grind exactly. up a piece of toast and Why? sprinkle over the top of it, and that's a sandwich. Yeah, I hope you're you happy with the world you're living in. sprinkle bread over bread and call it a sandwich. Well, New York yeah. called a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So apparently, going by Jonathan's right. rules, New York is the end all so be all of everything. After you butter your toast, and there's crumbs left that, over on the butter, that's think. a sandwich. The knife sandwich. All right. Well, what's next? Open face butter sandwich. Well, right what, now I'm looking up what did Jesus that? eat at the Last Supper. I don't even know what kind of world I'm living in now. <laughs> Fishes and loaves. Fishes and loaves. Is that like buns and hoes? Yeah, it's going to be buns and hoes. Fishes and loaves. It's going to be the Last Supper. Yeah. Fishes and loaves. Fishes and loaves. Like that miracle. Miracle. Oh, you guys are something else. Boy, are we. All right, well, coming up next. Okay, I haven't heard that before. We're going to go through 24 common cognitive biases about sandwiches. <laughs> no, not How much of this sandwiches. can we relate to sandwiches? None of it. We're done. Nobody <laughs> wants to listen to sandwiches well, we anymore. quite a few of them to sandwiches, Mr. Well, I'm going to find art, art, articles that support my right? preconceived <laughs> notions. Perhaps cognitive bias. We'll, we'll find out soon. You Dude, know? I totally stumbled upon this. I wasn't trying to search this out. So, all right, we'll go over that when we come right back. Accidentally Boob. type sandwiches into the search Boob. bar. Did just say <laughs> what did you Boob. say? Boob. Oh, boom. Boob. That was Pete saying uh, boom, everybody, not boobs. Boob. We'll be right back. Isn't that weird, man? I have a thing now. This is your wheelhouse right here. Cognitive right. bias. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance is my thing. This is Ken leading a segment. Cognitive right. biases. Cognitive dissonance is kind of Ken's thing. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> well, we're rolling, bitches. So there's a lot of talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect. You guys know what that is? Why don't you inform us and our masses that listen? Uh, cognitive bias that makes people wildly overconfident. Yeah. Wildly over, <laughs> Wildly overconfident. <laughs> You guys are taking this a little too far. I feel like I'm Harry Carey right now. Wildly overconfident. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Cognitive biases. Uh, have known by, known by another of other names in the new millennium. But uh, right. according to Wikipedia, the all-knowing Wikipedia, don't forget. Yes, Wikipedia all-knowing. Knows all 185 <laughs> cognitive biases. It's too uh, many. It's too many. That's 185 different ways of being completely biased and delusional. Yeah. Um, so we have a, uh, a list of 24 common cognitive biases uh, have, that have been assembled, and we're going to talk about each one of them. Uh, and, the, and, and, and then we'll, we can have a little round-robin discussion as to whether or not we suffer from this. Right. Okay. I don't suffer from Because I'm, sure I'm sure that we're all self-aware enough to know that if you know, this is a thing that affects us or not. Well, I don't know, but if you're crazy, do you know you're crazy? No. No. If, and if you do know you're crazy, are you actually crazy? Yeah, that's the whole catch. Well, if you know you're crazy that. and you roll with it, like you're that self-aware to be like, man, I am batshit insane. Let's go fuck something up. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's do it. So whether or not you're the Joker is what you're <laughs> saying. Da, da, da. And charge. Okay, so uh, the first thing uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about is anchoring. 
Hmm, I don't even own a boat. Uh, the first thing that the, the first thing you judge influences your judgment of all that follows. Uh, human, seems legit. <laughs> human minds are associative in nature. Uh, so the order in which we receive information helps determine the course of our judgments and perceptions. Yes. Uh, be especially mindful of bias during financial negotiations, such as houses, cars, and salaries. Uh, the initial price offered is proven to be to proven to have a significant effect. I can see mm-hmm. that happening with, um, like, opening salaries at a new job. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. <clears throat> um, I think when when we were talking about this earlier, I brought up you don't. Do you want to be the first one, you know, in the competition that gets judged, or do you want to be the last? Because if you're the first one, they're going to compare everything to you, right? Right. Right. So do you want to be the first or do you want to be the last where there's a possible recency effect? See, we I've, I've seen this before, actually. It's one of the reasons, um, one of the many reasons, actually, I stopped watching Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah? Because you see the first dance of the first season, like the first episode, these people have never danced on, on, on national TV before, never danced in front of the judges. They come out, they do their thing, and the first person gets an eight, and they're okay. Um... The next person comes out, and maybe their dance wasn't worth an eight. You know, the, the, the next person comes out, and their dance was better than the first dance. Right. But not the greatest. Right. Like, you only have so far you can go when you've given the first one an eight. So they don't baseline it into the middle of right. a five. Yeah, right. they don't say, okay, right. that was a five, because they don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Right. Those shows are weird, because yeah, they only score from, like, seven to eight and a half. Like, that's the entire, like, nobody gets a five, nobody gets a ten. Yeah, rarely, rarely does anybody get below a five. I think I've seen a couple fours. I saw, I've yeah. seen a couple fours um, from that one old, like, angry dude, Len Len Goodman. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, but yeah, that that, that that tends to happen. Now, when when it comes to like, okay, let's say we're buying a house, we're negotiating a salary and stuff like that. I personally like to do a little research first, and and like, I know, like, if I'm negotiating my salary, I know what what I'm going to do costs, and I can, I have a pretty strong idea as to, okay, you want me to do this aspect of accounting and this aspect of accounting and this aspect of accounting, and you combine those two together, and this is about, you know, what the, uh, what, you know, what, 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 uh, what the cost for that would be, this is what I would charge, um, and it's quick, you know, is easy enough math equation, I can do that in my head, but oftentimes when you go into a job, and especially if you're, if, if you're looking at a field where you're not necessarily familiar, intimately familiar with, and you're at, and you're looking at a job, and you, you, they're going to lowball you. So, say you go into a job and they offer you thirty thousand, you you talk them up to say thirty five, but the actual average industry average for that job is forty plus. Right. You've automatically cut your worth. So you you, you want to you know the, the smart thing is to go into into a situation like that knowing what you know the the the, the average is what the, what the range should be. And, and, and gauge accordingly. Otherwise, you're going to get thrown into a job where you're going to be doing a hell of a lot more work than you should be for not a lot of money. Man. So the lowest score ever, just on that show, because I had to look it up anyways, you know me, uh, was an 8 out of 30. 8 out of 30? 8 out of 30, because there's three judges' scores, a maximum oh. of 10 each. Oh, wow, that's terrible. Yeah, so that's like a 3-3-2 three, three, or something. Somebody fall down and break their leg and blood spray everywhere or something? Uh, no, it was Master P. Oh, you say that as if that's going to be... Well, that obvious. explains everything. Well, then I had to go look them up, and then I... Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. All right, so anchoring. Anchoring, guys. Happens to all of us. I don't think so. I don't I don't think I do this often. You don't think so? 
Not that I can recognize really, if on someone a constant basis. Rolls up to you in a camo t-shirt. You don't make a judgment and stick with that. That <laughs> mm, they just like camo. First of all, how do you see them? Right. Exactly. It's John Cena, <laughs> as far as I know. I mean, well, I mean, you guys do see the other ten people here right now, right? Yes. I I go out of my way to um, like when someone, if I meet someone for the first time and they have a mullet, for example. Uh, to not prejudge everything they're going to do based on the fact that I've seen that mullet. Okay, I take it back. I know one instance where I have. See, everybody has. Everybody, everybody's done this. Everybody, yeah, everybody done. Everybody's but done this. It's only because I shared it the other day with the lady who did seventy-two thousand dollars in plastic surgery, oh. and her face looks like a um. Yeah. Um, everybody does this, and if right. you don't think you do, then you need to really think about it. Yeah, you gotta but, take a hard but look at it. It doesn't happen that often because you don't see too many people like that at all. Oh well, yeah. no. The difference is, can you pull up anchor? So you make the judgment. You're going with it. You talk to that guy for a little while. It turns out he just really thinks mullets are funny, and uh, is a great guy. You know, nice person. He's only been doing it for like two weeks. You know, who knows? And then you pull up anchor, and you're like, okay, okay, I made a mistake. I made lost, a judgment. Lost a bet. Right. Had to do the mullet. Sure. You know, something like that. There right. could be reasons. But so, you... yeah, um, anchoring, yeah, I qualify for that. Easy. Could you, could you oh, yeah. almost say that anchoring is when you – we were talking about this kind of over the last month or so. Hmm. When you have a feeling about somebody, like mm. you feel somebody's a scumbag. Yeah, maybe, because – then you're automatically you, you look at this guy. What's and that? Like, maybe maybe they have resting bitch face or something. Yeah, I would I, I would ask and what that what that what that feeling is based on. Right, but you're you're again every See, other thing you you got that in the back of your head. I don't with the way with me how it's going. I don't have. I just feel a particular person. Just they're just very scummy, like they're not a very. Good person in general. But it has to be based on some kind of activity or um, action. But I don't interact with this person very often. Or it's got to be something. It's just a feeling I get when I'm around them, like an aura feeling almost. Yeah, but that feeling, again with anchoring, that that feeling um, perpetrates throughout all of your your next instances with this person, regardless of why I can. Right. But right. that feeling, um, that's kind of anchoring because all of a sudden that's the first thing you've judged. And, then and you're going to do something to re- that you, you you look at everything they do and every you're your interactions that to with that them feeling. through the lens of I think this person's kind of sketchy, and that's kind of what perpetrates um, kind of like the racial divide. That's that's what kind of perpetrates that, right? You know, because they, they just initially to be clear, think and then it adds to it. I'm not saying that you. I know. I'm just <laughs> being clear that this person I'm exampling vaguely is not a person of a different race. I know. But what's the facial hair situation? Very old school. Very old school. Hmm. 70s? Like almost like mullet. Like mustache? Like almost mullet just went ahead and just shaved it off. Just the mullet part. Yeah, possible mullet. So they're like In riding the a mullet. Like they, wish, a, they know the mullet's not cool enough, so they just get a, like, a little scruffy in the back? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, anchoring that happens for me for sure. Right? You can chalk me Let's up. Let's just on confirm that. that bias that the the mullets are bad people. Sunken cost fallacy. All right. Wait, wait, wait. So, Dana, do you say you do this? Anchoring? Yeah. Ken. 
Uh, as much as I, uh, I I actively try not to do it, I do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the same boat I am in. So everybody got a point. Okay. Sunken cost fallacy. Oh. When you irrationally cling to things, you've already cost you something. <laughs> when, we've been, when we've invested our time, money, or emotion into something, it hurts us to let it go. Uh, the aversion to uh, pain, the, the aversion to pain, can distort our better judgment and cause us to make unwise investments. True that. True. Yeah, I, I totally fall into this. Um, just recently with my cat that have spent thousands of dollars to try to keep alive, and then finally we just realized that we cannot do this anymore. So we had to find him somebody that could that can afford to keep him alive. You know, mm. we we've could have we could have cut the cord earlier, but you know, we were emotionally invested in him. Our money was invested in him and our time was invested in him and you know, we that was one of the reasons why we kept trying. But at some point, and mm. mostly it was cuz our emotions were invested in him. It's it's time, you know. So yeah, this happens all the time, especially to me. Oh yeah. And on the same like emotional level, a lot of times I'll make a wrong turn and then just go with that. Like this is the way I'm driving now. I have to go a completely different route because I can't, can't turn around. I already turned. Too There's late. No, I'm invested in this thing. That's all I've got. Is I'm gonna just go all the way to the freeway, to the other freeway, up to the thing instead of taking the other right when I should have. Yeah, it's kind of like um, starting a podcast and then like right? showing up every single week. And someday you hit. You don't want to show up every week? No, I do. I do. Because I didn't want to today. <laughs> I know. All right, Ken, you're up. Sunken cost fallacy. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I I was I was married a f- an extra five years uh, than than I should have been realistically. Um, I remember those years. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't, rem- I don't I don't regret the time I spent being married, but I I, I regret um, that I wasn't able to be more objective about it. And, and let it go when it was time. Um, but I also become unnecessarily emotionally attached to things. Mm-hmm. My office upstairs is full of them. Right. It's a little bit of hoarding. Yeah, know. it's like a, it's emotional hoarding for me. Yep. But yeah. Now I got a garage full of crap. Jonathan. So I have a question. <clears throat> yes. What if you don't do it anymore? Then you'll be a liar. Right. A total liar. Because I don't do this one. Oh, I don't think I do good this Good for one. you. What about Magic the Gathering cards? <laughs> I was just thinking the other day of selling them. Yeah, but you've been saying that for how long? Of selling them? Yeah. Would you ever sell your the rarest one that you have? I would. Yeah, I would sell all of them if I was going to sell them. I know a guy who will buy them. <laughs> So let's make deals after the show. So yes for me. That's a yes for me. Yep. For sure. I hope I get all the mental disorders. We're going to. Uh, To regain uh, objectivity here, you want to ask yourself some questions. Uh, Had I not already invested something, would I I still do so now? Nope. Uh, What would I counsel a friend to do if they were in the same situation? Run! (laughs) Right? Get out. Get out as fast as you can. As far and as fast (laughs) as you can. All right. So that's a positive for me, Dane, and Ken. Jay, boy, did you mark yourself down for a no on that one currently? I did. Okay. Mm 
Uh, how about confirmation bias? I try definitely very hard you, not to do this. You look for ways to justify your existing beliefs. We're primed to see and agree with ideas that fit our preconceptions uh, and to ignore and dismiss information that conflicts with them. Yeah, but what if you're already right? So <laughs> It's not really so confirmation bias. You're just right about everything. Are you, are, are, are you right about everything? Clearly not. Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I joke about being right yeah. like 98% of the time, but I'm not. What if you say you're wrong all the time? Hmm. That, by yeah, definition, is usually be. wrong. Right. But then you start looking for reasons to say that you're wrong. Yeah. It's reverse confirmation yeah. bias. So I've actually gotten a lot better of avoiding this. Um, actually, college helps, believe it or not, because learning how to do research and learning statistics. Don't, that's, how they, that's how they indoctrinate you I know. Into, the, into the communist system. I yeah, know. Get you all in that science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyways, nonsense. So I can say for those that are listening that yes, find your way, find a way to take a research design class, or find a way to take a stats class or epidemiology because it's very helpful for finding or, or reading through all the crap that's out there and figuring out what the actual truth is, and then you start end up looking for truth. So. What I've learned is now, do I fall into this? Probably yes. I still do. But I've gotten better of recognizing it. Does that make sense? So I've got yeah. better of recognizing it, and I've got better recognizing what the truth is. So I start to go into things. So when I see like a ridiculous headline or, or I see something that a scientist has said, I always want to see the research. I need to see the research. And if the research pans out, then okay. You got a point, buddy, you know? Right. But I don't look for reasons, you know, to prove what I already think because I understand that I don't know everything. Right. Or, or like, when you try and generate a test to prove that you're right. Right. But, like, oh, but well, going through school teaches you how to generate a test that can prove that you're right. Yeah. And or wrong. Because, actually, that is just as important. Is disproving is just as important as proving. When you do it correctly. Yeah. So, do I do I fall into this confirmation bias still? Yeah. But I recognize it now. So, I'm unfortunately, I'm still have to say yes to this one. But like I said, I can recognize it and start to discount that stuff. Right. What say you, Dana? I'm kind of feeling like I don't do this one. But not because I'm immune to that kind of thing. But I just don't confirm too many beliefs. Uh, there's things that I, I'm pretty sure are the way th- the world is, but most of the time, like the I can be swayed. Like I can, I can be pretty easily talked into or out of something if, like, it's compelling or if you got anything to back it up. But you know, vaccines are real. I just, just want you to know that. <laughs> so that's actually what I came across. I stumbled across this myself yesterday. Um, there was a post on uh, Facebook about measles being in Davison, one of our close cities right right here right and uh you guys are being weird anyways um one of the ladies comments was yeah that's why we should close down the border sure (laughs) definite linear thinking a to b so yeah i understand so i instantly was like 
did that really start down there? So I googled it, tried to figure out did this <laughs> measles epidemic start from no. people down there, and it didn't. So then I asked the person, "What are they talking about?" They never responded. Obviously, of course, no, they of course not. But I mean, I was just right. You know, I was the anti this. I was trying well, to figure out. So, so actually, when Jonathan and I were talking about this, um, this measles thing in Davison, what was the thing that I said to you? I, I said it's not yet been confirmed. It might not be measles. We have to figure it out and wait. And that's how you thwart confirmation bias. Is you 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 find out the information that you need, and it turns out that it's not measles. Yeah, it's we found that out ten minutes later. A reaction to something like an allergic reaction, not measles. So Mexican measles. Don't lie. Right. Government's just covering that up. So Ken, confirmation bias. Go. Confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, I actively try not to do this. I actively do too. I go out of my right. way to uh, actually try and disprove myself. Right. This on one a is like basis. a learned skill. Like you really have to. Like and, yeah, and you have yeah. to. And, and some people, because of the next thing we're going to talk about. <sighs> yeah. Uh, our next topic is uh, is going to be uh, is going to be a, a, a part two of this. Um. Are so preconceived to do this that they don't, they're not even aware of it anymore. Right. And being that I've trained myself to not do this, I'm more I'm more aware of when other people do it. Yeah, I see that to, a lot. To the point too. where it just like kills your fun. It's right. it's seriously a downer. Yeah. So what say you? Do you, do you still go through this confirmation bias? I I claim I, I recognize it and I avoid it. But I still feel like sometimes I have to. I have to fall into this. And oh, yeah. this, actually, what I just said, is going to go into the next thing right. we're going to talk about. I, I say no because uh, my whole year, I designed my entire year around fighting cognitive dissonance. And this is, a, this is the, like the number one bullet it point is. on cognitive dissonance. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm actively not doing this one. Jonathan. Uh, no. And the reason is because... Long- he believes nothing. Exactly. Uh, I neither know I neither know nor think that I know. Uh, Plato Apology 21D. Um, when I took my first Plato seminar in college, my second freshman year, um, I wrote a paper on this. And it was probably one of the things that stuck with me the most throughout my time uh, studying philosophy. And was something that I have always attempted to use as a means of teaching myself new things. Uh, it's because I always know that I don't know nothing. So then I always have to find out. And it actually gets me in trouble a lot because it always makes me ask questions about everything, including people telling me to go do something. Um, so somebody will say, well, why don't you go do this? And I'll ask them why or something of that nature. Because you're so, a jerk, man. I know I'm a jerk. Total jerk, man. Total I jerk. Okay. All right, the fun one. Um, Here we go. Oh, wait. No, before we, uh, before we go on, uh, well, a few more words oh. about, cog- about confirmation bias. I still need Dayton's answer. Yeah or no? Oh, I said no. No. Okay. Think of think of your ideas and beliefs as software. You're actively trying to find problems, rather than the things to be defended. Right. Constantly thinking about changing Constantly your thinking about yeah. finding facts and change your beliefs. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next thing uh, we want to talk about is what I mentioned uh, in the intro to this segment: the Dunning Kruger effect. Yes. The Dunning mm-hmm. yeah. the the Dunning Kruger effect is the false expert. Uh, the more you know, the less confident you're likely to be, and vice versa. Uh, because experts know how much they don't know, 
They tend to underestimate their abilities. But it's easy to be overconfident when you have only a simple idea of how things are. The wall. I'm just saying it. I'm sorry. I said it. The wall. No, actually, this is... Fits a, this perfectly. This is a prime example of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. People who have no idea about the the complexity of border security, physical barriers, the ecology of the area, the econ- the, the economy of the area, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and any list of 150 other things that play into... The border, the border wall discussion. Don't forget go to Pulse. Don't forget go to Pulse. We mustn't ever forget that. <laughs> Episode one. Yes. They are looking for the most simplistic explanation, and I have a fence between my house and my neighbors. Their dog stays in their yard. My dog stays in my yard. It's a perfect solution. Let's apply that across the board to you, no matter how complex it is. That's the solution. I know this in my head. I never thought I'm an expert. Right. And that's why the people that know how complex this is are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need a better plan than that. I may not know what it is, but we need to figure out a better plan. They actually might know what it is, but but since they know all the all the complexities and all the what ifs, they every, they don't think they're you know capable every, of doing it. Every person who by, would, by any measure of practical common sense, be defined as an expert at border security d- knows two things: one, they don't know this perfect solution to this situation; two, the wall will not work. Right. I've not seen a single person who would be considered an expert in border security advocate for the wall. No. But that that puts the Dunning Kruger in effect, kind of in a everyday kind of thing. Right, exactly. And again, these people who are experts know enough to know that that's not going to work. I don't have the perfect solution. I don't know what is the solution, but I know that's not it. Two sides of the same coin. Right, armchair quarterbacks. Oh, very commonplace. Yeah, everybody's got an opinion. And it's March Madness right now, so for, for, the, for the sports fans out there, armchair quarterbacking is everybody's favorite thing to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I would have taken him out of the game, mm. you know, two periods ago. I, he, he can't shoot a foul to save his life. Well, if they'd listened to me the last season and got a better draft pick, they could have had what's-his-name, and then they'd be playing in the whole thing, and they'd have it clear. Yeah, if, they, if, if, if they'd signed that kid out of Indiana, we wouldn't be here right now. Yep. Right, it's, exactly. But that's that's what this is. It's, it's false experts. Um. Do I suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect? The more I know, the less confident I am. Yeah, I, I, I suffer from that 100%. Like, because in certain things that, that I know, um, I know how many different intricacies things take, and I just don't feel like I'm confident to have the answer by myself. You know? Um. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I totally suffer from this all, I all don't, the time. I, 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 I've studied... I've educated myself about border security. I've educated myself about gun control. Mm-hmm. I've educated myself about healthcare. And what I can tell you is that I do not know the answer. Right. And I know enough in my limited understanding of these things, because I'm by no means an expert in any one of these areas. No. I know that the 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 the, 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 the true answer, the, the the best answer, is too complex for 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 us to to, to really have. So I know enough to not be confident in that. I, I don't understand how anybody could be. Right. Danon. Dunning-Kruger effect. To an almost crippling degree. 
I would say. But in both sides. Like, I'm either so confident I know exactly what's going on, or I know enough to know I have no idea what's going on. There's not a ton of middle ground. The only thing I know (laughs) is that I know nothing. You know, like Jonathan just said, Jonathan suffers from Dunning-Kruger effect every second. I do. Yep. So that's all four of us again. The whole the, the whole problem in, uh, of the world is that the fools and fanatics are certain of themselves, yet wiser people are, f- are so full of doubts. 100%. Bertrand Russell. Thank you, sir. Uh, moving on, we have the backfire effect. Here we go again. This also ties into what we're talking about. Uh, when your core beliefs are challenged, it can cause you to believe them even more strongly. So basically half of Facebook. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Only half? In the solid can, 30% of the voting public? We can experience uh, being wrong about some ideas uh, as an attack upon our very selves and our tribal identity. Uh, this can lead to motivated reasoning, which causes us to double down despite disconfirming evidence. Flat earthers. Has everybody watched the, the um, flat earth documentary on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, where they proved the they actually proved the Earth is round twice on two different occasions, right? In the documentary, like you watch it happen, and the response to one of them is, "Well, that's inconvenient." <laughs> that was that was the, the guy's literal response to that was, "That's inconvenient for his viewpoint." That's actually really telling. And this one, I can honestly say, I do not suffer from. Because I think that kind of viewpoint is so foreign to me that if you're proving wrong, why are you doubling down? It's okay to be wrong sometimes. You know, I respect you more for for saying, okay, this is wrong. I'm going to change my ideas than saying, no, it's right because I said so. You know, it just, it's so foreign to me. Is this, is this being told you're wrong or proven, 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 proven wrong? Or proven just wrong. Challenged to be wrong. No, this is the, this is when you know something to be true and are proven, proven and are presented with with verifiable, demonstrable facts that disprove what you believe. Because I read it says it's, that you're just challenged. Well, challenged. I mean, I mean, I guess you could take challenge of saying, "Yeah, no, you're wrong." But I take challenge as being like, again, this is my head. Um, here's the evidence. To prove that, because if, if, if Danon comes up to me and says, you look like shit in a blue shirt, I'm going to say, whatever, douche. But if he says, you look like shit in a blue shirt, and this is why, I'm like, oh, maybe I do look like shit. Here's a picture of you wearing right. a blue shirt. Look how stupid you look. Right. Exactly. Here's he my gives folio me evidence. of you in blue shirts looking shitty <laughs> over the course of the last year. Like, why would right. you, why would you much... wear that shirt with those pants? Right. Right. Exactly. But if he gives me evidence. Side note, so, Pete, why, why would you wear that shirt with those pants? <laughs> Demonstrably sexier in salmon. We just know that. It's yeah. Just, well, I'm not wearing salmon today. I'm wearing like, like kind of a, a dark blue. Anyways, but yeah, this one's foreign to me. I don't understand. Yeah, this I one don't. At all. I I mean, I, I'm aware of that it exists, but I I go out well, of my again. But the thing is, I've, I I don't double down on anything. That's only ever. if you're right. Because <laughs> Jesus is real, and uh, you're both wrong. Well, Jesus was an actual person, first of all. Right. Maybe, there, there no. A, histor- there's a historical person, and there's actually there, there, there's there's record. There, there's right. mention of him in historical text from disparate sources. It's it, it, it's it's widely accepted that Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth was a real person. 
What if whether or not he was the true born son of God? That's in dispute. I've read a couple of other books I've had that. What if, what if what if you or somebody's gave you evidence that this this guy is like Zeus? He was he was made up for the story. Then I would be wrong. Would you double down on I it? I would not. Because you believed it for so long? I would not. If Most could, people it, would. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but if somebody could if somebody could present evidence to me that, that Jesus did not exist, then... So be it. Yeah, but you can't so prove a negative. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're not getting into that. Right. Uh, I'm just saying, I, I think we're all in the right here, but I, I, I worry. Like, because <laughs> if you, if you believe a thing and... As far as you know, the science backs it up, and, and, and you're believing it, and then someone says anti-vax, and you're like, no, you're stupid. And they're like, well, well because, what if they are right? Well, I because I so. can look at the what they present and then make the decision. Like, number one, all this, everything you base off, the whole scientific research, if you want to call it research, was supremely flawed. Right. So widely refuted. Even the person who did the ref- even when when even the person who did the research retracts his story. And right. he got paid to do it by lawyers. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty just, telling. That that that's, telling. that should be sufficient. It yeah. should be sufficient. You don't double down at that. No, you just don't. Yeah. But you've got you're in too you're in too deep. Anyways, so yeah, I don't suffer from this. I, so. I think it's completely foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, next one, the Barnum effect. This is this one. I am personally guilty of all the time. This is this is my big one. Uh, you see personal specifics in vague statements by filling in the gaps. Hmm. Uh, because our minds are given to make connections, it's easy for us to take new, uh, nebulous statements and find ways to interpret them uh, so that they seem specific and personal. You guys, oh, like fortune cookies. Yeah, I didn't. You guys didn't tell me your scores for what. Backfire? backfire? Oh, yeah. We're negative. All, all negative. all around. Oh, okay. Negati- neg- negative, negative, negative. Negatory, good buddy. Yep, we're all negatives. Negative ghostwriter. The pattern all right, continue on. So the Barm effect. The Barm um, effect. Uh, and usually what I do this, it usually typically is in conjunction with Sonder. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Where I will, like, people just, like, you know, you just meet random people and have a brief conversation with them, and next thing you know, you figure their entire life out. Ah, uh, Okay. Now, I don't, like, cement that as in, like, when I find out something different, it's like a personal letdown. I don't quite go to that extent. But I do tend to, you know, make up entire lives for people. Right. Yeah. um, Well, again, it says that psychics and astrologers use it to make you think like they're talking to you. But Mm. um, I've gotten pretty good of recognizing this. Um, I know a lot of people that suffer from this. When, when you were lo- when you were young, you had siblings, mm-hmm. right. and you did not always get along perfectly well with your siblings. <gasps> no. That's amazing! Oh my god, <laughs> we did fight sometimes. Yes, but just due to the fact that that stuff, I recognize it, and it annoys the hell out of me. Like when people take take something you say out of context, they're doing that. They were doing yep. the bottom effect. Like, what are you talking about? I just said that this looks weird. Oh, it has gosh. nothing to do with you. You know, that yeah. happens all the time. I know and, somebody who does that. Yeah, and I try to. I'm sure I fall into this, and I don't know it, but I try not to. I start to recognize it even when I do it. Right. Um. Does this happen? Do I fall into this effect? Sadly, yes. I'm sure I do, but I start to. I'm starting to recognize myself doing it more, especially to the point where I'm. I'm saying to myself. 
I need more information because I don't really know if that's true. Right. Yeah. It Well, it falls right into our uh, previous overconfidence of like, oh, I got to figure it out. Yeah, and I got to figure this a, out first. You make a quick snap judgment, anchor the thing, declare you're the smartest person in the room, figure the entire thing out, and then confirm all of your biases. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you're a mess. Um, so Ken said yes to the Barnum effect. I, yeah, I do that. I'm going to say probably yes. Mine's a hesitant yes. And then Dana. Oh, like 15%. Yeah, like my, the Barnum effect for me is more like a intellectual exercise. I don't like assemble, I don't go out of my way to indulge, to indulge in it like, uh, like as though as a psychic or something like that would. But I feel like the Barnum effect is like one of the main contributors to the instant outrage that you find on the internet because they see something you they read the headline think it's you decide, about them. Again, you read the headline, you decide what the rest of the article's about and that's when and that's when you get upset. Oh no, no, even even if somebody takes, you know, oh like the random Facebook post where like, oh that's about me. Yeah, that's about me. Right. How dare right. you, you know? And then they blow up and you're like, "What the hell? I was talking about this dog." You know? Right. Exactly. Oh, to share to share a quick story with you guys about uh, something about this um, that, that I was as I, I was the victim of the Barnum effect. As a matter of fact, um, there was a uh, this was this was some time ago. There was a somebody posted a a meme about how factcheck.org busted Snopes, which was for, not true for being yeah for, for yeah for being on the payroll of George Soros. Oh, that that classic liberal thing. boogeyman, George Soros. Um, and that uh, and and but so it, like that's that's that doesn't seem quite right. So again, because I question everything, I looked for it and factcheck.org itself fact checked it. Fact checked it and found it to be false, and so I um, posted a link in a comment on Facebook, and this is my mistake. I did this on Facebook, which you should never do. Right. Uh, don't interact with humanity on Facebook. Posted it on posted posted a comment saying that you know this isn't true. Fact check or it says in fact it's not true. Um, and it was immediately sucked into down the rabbit hole with these people who a Refuse to believe anything that doesn't conform to their right. preconceived Double bias. down. Double yep. down. They double down. I mean, they, it's literally a laundry list of these biases. Um, accused me of being a being an idiot in a tool of the establishment because I believed everything that... I'm like, first of all, you just used a, a website that you don't believe in to support your claims. They don't get that, though. That, that, mm, yeah. Number one. Number two... Just because I, in this particular instance, pointed out that something you posted is false, doesn't mean that I believe everything that that Snopes or FactCheck.org verifies as being true or false. But they assume that I did. That 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 was that was that was that, that was the effect. They decided that exactly who I was based on one comment I made that disproved this particular picture that they had right. posted. Right. Sounds like the internet. Sounds yeah. about right. Typical internet situation. So. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, coming up next, we're gonna have uh, we, we're gonna talk about the avail the availability heuristic. Uh, your judgment is influenced by what springs to mind most easily. Ooh, yes. Uh, <laughs> how recent, emotionally powerful, or unusual your memories uh, are can make them seem more relevant. 
this in turn can cause us to apply uh, them too readily. That's all I've got. The new ones. <laughs> We're going with that. You're going with that? Mm-hmm. As has been discussed previously on this podcast, Danon remembers nothing. Right. Right. But I mean, honestly, though, it's eternal that's sunshine of the spotless a little bit of, of you aren't biased. You're constantly updating your view of the world with new information. And why wouldn't the first thing that pops in your head in relation to what's going on be at least viable? Certainly, you'd have to go down the steps and, and fact check and make are, sure it's are not you bad, guilty but. of this? Is if the most thing if if the most memory readily available is don't trust this until you verify it. See, I don't think you are. If we learned anything on this podcast, you should hold on to this one. I actually, um, I don't feel like I I fall to this one really a lot because I for that reason, Ken. Like when when things pop up, I think, oh, is that true? I need to check now. If that thought makes me fall into this one, I'm fine with that. But, um, yeah, I feel like this one doesn't... Because I'm very aware of, of my past bias, you know? As, as people should be when they grow older, they should kind of have that self-awareness finally. Um, but I feel like I always have to check things first. See, and I don't know. immediately emotionally outrage at things. Um, and I think... This really lends itself to that kind of emotional outburst that you see. I agree. I think that is probably one of the one of one of the most defining characteristics of this bias is that um, we're so used to, in this we're so used to being upset by something or triggered by something or, or outraged by something that we just tend to do it. It's like a it's right. a knee jerk reaction. Oh, see, I think I'm kind of getting what you guys are saying about that in my head. This one, I guess, most easily sprung to mind as not even a negative thing, which I guess is a in, little in some telling. ways. In some ways, it's not uh, because it's it's immediately someone says, you know, Apple, and you try and put together something in your head of why that's that's happening. Like, and that's just that's thinking, right? Like the the thing that most easily comes to mind. But I see where you guys are thinking, the people who immediately like, oh, some horrible thing, and then they just that's it, tunnel vision. They've locked on. Oh, to there's this. A, there's Measle Davison. Must be those immigrants again. Right. The, apparently that. Like, you know, <laughs> there's maybe measles. We need border security. What is going on? That's that's but, that's where we are. Yeah. See that. Yeah. I feel like I don't really fall into that aspect of this right. because I don't tend to be immediately outraged unless okay. you know it makes sense to me. And that's. I think that's why the little icon is a, a revolver with one bullet in it. Um, <laughs> it's because it's fine if you're not stupid. But if you're stupid, there's a bullet in the chamber. Right. Because you just immediately think of something and then critically think about that something and figure it out like a person. Or... Immediately outraged. You yell, we need border security because there might be measles in Davison. <sighs> Because so, they because because they crossed the border and immediately proceeded to Davison, Michigan, right with their Michigan. measles, yeah, with their to, measles to spread their Mexican measles. Around. You know, I I didn't actually think that they meant the Canadian border. That didn't cross my mind when I thought I went you know, straight to Mexico. It is right off sixty nine. I mean, that does make sense. It yeah, does. you could you could pop right over at Port Huron. They're probably taking they're probably they're probably building rafts and sailing to Canada and then walking across the border from Mexico. But from, that's the thing, from, though, is nobody is talking about border security with Canada. No. 
Well, Except actually, Canada. Can, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Canada. 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 Hey, Canada. You pulled the J-Bo. I did. Canada is actually talking about border security oh, yeah. from us. I bet they're quietly building a wall. <laughs> like, one brick at a time. Like, every time. Like, but personally, so nice they each bought they a brick. They don't even have bricks in Canada. They're going to make that wall out of moose and, and right. Labatt. Or they're just growing a hedge. It's going to be like this 30-foot-tall hedge wall that goes the entire length of the country. But they're going to come over. They'll pop over to our side every once in a while to trim it up and everything because they're just that nice. Because they're really nice. They'll yeah. do both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, J-Bo, how about you? How are you in an availability heuristic? I don't... He can't remember. No, it's just I tend to not... I tend to think very fast in my head. So you fall into this? No, I go through so many different scenarios real quick. But you stop and think. You don't immediately emotionally outburst. He's the opposite of this. Okay. Yeah, so that's what this is talking he's, about. He's uh, he's, he's uh, Dr. Strange in... Um, Everything? Yeah, where he was... In, in, the, in, in Avengers uh, Infinity War, where he just like goes through all the scenarios. Just like... Yeah. yeah. I would say that's... I mean, I can't go that fast. That would be really cool. But that's that's kind of how I am. Yeah. So availability heuristic. Yeah, not for me. Not not for me. Brandon. Um, not the bad version. Okay, but the good <laughs> version. All right. So not for you either, because this is about the bad version. Yeah, I would I would say yeah, because that's it. So um, to try and gain perspective uh, and relative statistical information, rather than relying purely on your first judgments and emotive influences. Just, Read know. the page before you outrage. Exactly right, sir. And that PSA will be forthcoming uh, from the fine folks here at the Blix Podcast. That's right. Uh, this, this, uh, here's another one that I'm guilty of. Uh, I, I readily, I readily admit that the curse of knowledge. Uh, once you understand something, you presume that it's that it is obvious to everyone. As soon as I learn a thing, I immediately forget that there was a time when I didn't know it. Right. So. I looked at this one, and um, actually, go ahead, Ken, if you could read the passage. Uh, things make sense once uh, they make sense, so it can be hard to remember why they didn't. Uh, we build complex networks of understanding and forget how intricate the path uh, to our available knowledge really is. Okay, so this one, going back to my days of management, I learned not to do this. Because when you're teaching somebody how to do something... I learned that you have to walk them through step by step because if I skip something, I mean, I think it's obvious to me because I've done it for so long. But what I've come to realize is that it's not obvious to everybody. I've learned that. Now, when people hit me with this, I recognize it. I'm like, you need to, you need to tell me because how am I supposed to know if you don't tell me? Why did you stop and immediately point at J-Bo? <laughs> because this happened to us today with an advertiser. Because he added liquors of some sort oh, and did. just assumed that we knew that he did that to put in the ad that we're making for him. When he told nobody, we were just supposed to know. Well, he actually didn't tell us anything. He sent me a logo. Yeah. Um, Anyways, but that's the, that's what this is. But you right. know, I've learned being a manager that what people, what you know, people do not know. See, and my problem is that in a work environment, I'm, I'm great at this. I'm great at slowing down, taking it step by step from the very beginning so that everybody understands exactly the steps that we follow. 
in my personal life, it's an atrocity. <laughs> yep, I'm agreeing. If I could be charged with war point, crimes, as soon as you, I'd have done it by now. I'd, have been, I'd, I'd be in the Hague as we speak. As soon as you said that, I realized that I do that with my mom and dad. So I gave myself a point. Right. Yeah, that same thing. It's like in the right context, you know, talk to everybody like they're dumb. Like they've never heard of it before. Like you just invented this thing and are explaining it from the ground up. Also, why didn't you do that? Of course you should do that. Everybody knows you're supposed to do that. That's stupid. My, a little guilty. My, of, uh, yeah, my, yeah, my, my thing tends to be that, uh, like, when J-Bo hears something and he goes through these scenarios and it's head, when I decide to do something, I have done 15 different scenarios in my head and, fig- and determined that this is the best way to go about doing it. Yeah, that's me. And the fact that you have to, you want me to stop and explain this to you, <laughs> it's like, I don't have time for this. I can't believe you're asking. Just, just swallow it and do what you want what i want you to what you got johnson uh to go with what dana was saying was uh one of my favorite uh reddit channels is uh explain it to me like i'm five yeah that one's very informative yeah because that's how you learn yes and i know that so um so we have a a hockey team in flint uh the flint firebirds and i've been going to them since their inception and my girlfriend comes with me and she, she, when she started, she knew absolutely nothing about hockey. Never seen a game. Didn't know what the lines meant. Didn't even know what a puck was. Had no idea. So I found myself slowing myself down to explain everything to her in the middle of the game. You know, so this is kind of me again learning management outside of work saying, okay, this is what this is. And this is a penalty because of this. You can't do this. This is also a penalty because of this. Hey, we're offsides. Here's what that means. Right. You know, so so now she knows, and and now she goes and she yells when the ref doesn't call a penalty or something. You know, right. it's funny. Yeah, great, Pete. You're better than all of us. I know. But yeah, I feel like I've have. Do I still suffer from this again? Probably, because you have to at some point. But I feel like I'm getting better at this. So are you giving yourself a point? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure I suffer from this. You, There's no way to prove that I don't. Right. Dana? Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, like, some of the times I think everybody knows it because I assume that I'm, like, the dumbest person in the room. And if I figured out, why wouldn't it be obvious to everybody? Yeah. That happens. Ken? Ken? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big yes. Jonathan? I said when we started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, this wasn't when we said. Once Ken said about doing it with his personal life and that at work. Oh yeah. Because um, I I do do this occasionally a lot, honestly, with my parents sometimes. I see it. Okay. All right, Ken. All right. So uh, the next one up is belief bias. If a conclusion supports your existing beliefs, you'll rationalize anything that supports it. Uh, it's difficult for us to set aside our existing beliefs to consider the true uh, merits of an argument. In practice, this means that our ideas become impervious to criticism and are perpetually reinforced. I, I'm always open to hearing why somebody said something's a bad idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I suffer from this one, again, because I'm always trying to search for the real reason for things. Um, but you do run into this a lot every day. For instance, um, I'm going to bring politics into this. I'm sorry, guys, for a second. Um, so they're all about Biden touching and kissing the woman's back of the head. 
but they're okay with grabbing them by the pussy. See, that drives me nuts. Right. And the fact that they think Trump's going to help them and he's a good businessman, they can rationalize that away right. to the- stay with that belief and then give the same thing to to Biden. That blows my mind. I yeah. can't figure that out. Also, um, in conjunction with that, uh, Hillary Clinton e- private email server, bad. Jared Kushner private email server, eh. Right. Whatever. Yeah, belief bias. They believe that. And that this is something. And this is not like you know somebody's making this up. His lawyers testified to that under oath. I know. Anyways, I didn't. I didn't really try so, to bring politics into this, but I right. Mean, that but was just it, an again, example. Same situation. This, it, it, it's the reason you can't avoid uh, make, drawing a political analogy here is because it's so prevalent. Right. And people understand that because it is so prevalent in it's our national conversation. Analogy. Now, yeah, we just some people do. Some people haven't picked up on it yet. <laughs> so, do I suffer from belief bias? I'm gonna have to say no. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a solid no on that one. Agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm with you on there. If someone presents you with evidence, your mind changes again. It's, it should. It's yeah, critical thinking solves so many of these problems. Right. right. Like just stopping. I, you know, figuring Jesus out who's the real person. Presenting me with evidence to the contrary, I'll consider it. I'm not I'm not impervious to changing my mind. Jonathan. I already said no. Okay. Uh, a useful thing to ask yourself when uh, is when and how did I get this belief? Uh, we tend to automatically defend our ideas without ever really questioning them. Yeah. I've questioned every belief I've ever had. Yep. It's much better. Much better way to live, kids. That one really falls into the, when you question all your beliefs, it falls into the ideology of um, that I know nothing. Right. Because then you're always questioning everything. Mm-hmm. But it gets you in trouble with people who don't do that. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Yeah, oh, my God, They hate yes. that. Uh, Ken, what's next? Self-serving bias. Uh, you believe that your failures are due to external factors and that you're personally responsible for your own successes. Uh, many of us uh, enjoy unearned privileges, luck, and advantages that others do not. It's easy to tell ourselves that we deserve these things whilst blaming circumstances uh, when things don't go our way. This is a big negative with me. I actually usually fall guilty of the opposite, where everything that I've failed is my fault. And I truly believe that. And a lot of times, my successes, I attribute to other things. You know, I, it just just the way it is. I'm like the complete opposite of this. And that's kind of like my downfall. I feel like these kind... I feel like it would be nice to be this kind of a person. Right. Like, it believe would be, in yourself, Pete. Yeah, it would be nice to be to, to have this self-serving bias. But I don't. I believe the opposite. I feel when I, when I screw up, it's my damn fault. You know, I truly believe that. Right. It's nobody's fault but mine. Unless it's not, but that's very rare. I... When I was younger, much younger, I used to I used to think the opposite. I used to be that guy who, oh man, you know I'm great. I you know this this win is all me, and you know all your failures well it's the fault of other people. I was doing everything I needed to do. These paddles smell weird. <laughs> He's not wrong, folks. I know. You don't want to smell these paddles. It you sounds do, like Ken's you, been paddling. Something I was else. trying to figure out what the smell was. That's interrupted. They're either. never anywhere but that drawer. This I know. This is what they smelled like coming out of the package. They just smell weird. Anyways, um, anyway, except now, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm much less confident in everything that every aspect of my life now, uh, and this is uh, 
so I've, I've kind of flipped that on its side now, and I'm like, Pete, I'm like, oh, I succeeded? Well, how the hell did that happen? Right, that's what I believe. Because <laughs> I've done everything I could possibly do to fuck this up along the way. Jonathan? Does this break down to just being jealousy? No. This no. is This is not jealousy. Um, what I've noticed... Uh, and this is this is a comment that always draws the ire of someone in the room. But what I've noticed about so-called truthers, oh, I got my ire ready. It, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm reasonably confident I'm not going to draw the ire of anyone in this room. <laughs> oh, I was going to throw it at you. Um, That's but a truthers, the people who you know don't believe in mainstream media and uh, see conspiracies everywhere, and there's a deep state. Of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They have, they're looking for someone to blame. They have, they in their minds, they have done everything they need to do to be successful in life, and yet they have stumbled somewhere. And it can't be their fault. Because they have done everything that they need to do right. to be successful. So if they haven't succeeded, it's because, some, it's because of something else. And if you can't readily identify that... It's got to be because there's some shadow conspiracy out there that's keeping you down. Right. It's definitely not their casual drug use. <laughs> right. Or consistently bad choices or, um, you know, just a string the of... The fact that you waste a, a your time fighting conspiracy your theories. Your entire, you know, a, a series of unfortunate events that have prevented you from, you know... Maybe you maybe you shouldn't have chosen to be an art major and uh, you know mm-hmm. expect to make millions of dollars a year. That's just not how the world mm-hmm. works. Yeah, no, I'm aware that was a poor choice. <laughs> I wasn't speaking to you specifically, Danan, but did you expect to be? Did you expect to get rich? Uh, no, I didn't a, expect to get rich. See, but I thought I would make a little bit more. That's the di- that, that's the disconnect. You know, uh, everybody thinks that they're going to be you know, hugely successful adults, regardless of what profession they choose to go into. Oh, right. that's the thing and where... that just simply doesn't well, happen all the time. That's the package they were selling you. Isn't that the thing where everybody thinks... We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Where everybody thinks they're, they're already a millionaire that just hasn't happened yet. They're millionaires and waiting. Yeah, but that usually has to do with uh, the lottery or whatever. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, no, everybody... Like, I've I've done everything I need to do to be, su- to be successful. To have all the things in life that I want. If I can't have them, it's because something else is preventing me from having them. Because I've done what I right. need. I've done oh. my part. Well, right. this is basically playing games with my family. Because there's always, you fucked me on that. Like, oh my god, I was going to win this whole game. I had it all then, figured out. Then you made this move and you ruined everything for me. And now so that's monopoly. why I'm losing. And it's like, well, it was kind of a game. And actually, the yeah, rules say I should do Yeah, this is why I don't play Monopoly. This is exactly why I don't play Monopoly. I still think we should play Monopoly as the four of us. We are well, not. I will. I, 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 I do not play Monopoly. And I'm not just joking around when I say that. I do not no, it's play it's, Monopoly. No, it's all rage quit. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be the fun I, part. I think it is, to see no, it is, how long it goes. The stuff that the happens in Monopoly is my everyday life. But it would be <laughs> a great social experiment for us to record ourselves playing a game on Monopoly. I'm not, I will oh. not be doing it. Wait. I will not. No, just say you'll do it. Five-minute board flip. I will not participate in that. One laugh around the board. I won't flip. need to. Per- I won't think. It, I won't need to board flip. One of you will. Good. And it will probably be him. Yeah. It won't be me. Oh, it'll be me. It'll be Danan. Um, Danan, self-serving bias. What if it no. was my birthday? No. Yes. Um, and I'm gonna cite my art degree I love on this you, one. But no. Um, because when you're when you're evaluating your own art, you have to look at what you've done. 
critically think about it. And if you did a good job, congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. You did a good job. If it's garbage, admit that it's garbage. Learn from your mistake and do better. And that's that's the way I approach most of these things. Is like if if I did good, if I got lucky, you know, however it panned out, like take responsibility and and know what you're doing. Yeah. Pete. Oh yeah, I don't suffer from this at all. Like I said, I'm the exact opposite. Ken. Uh no, not me. Right, we got time for two more. Okay, we're going to do two more, and then we're going to pick up the other 12 next time. Uh, but real quick, I want to touch on Groupthink, which those of you, if you, those of you who have read 1984 are familiar with, uh, you know, sticking two disparate words together. Um, uh, you let social dynamic of a group situation override the best outcomes. So, a camel. Uh, dissent can be uncomfortable and dangerous to one's social standing, and so often the most confident and first voice will determine group decisions. Speak first or don't speak oh. at all. Yeah, well, and, and it's usually it's usually the person that's so sure of it, or all the all the other people that are like, well, you know, because uh, again, what was that bias we talked about? The Dunning Kruger effect. The Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah, I, I I know a little bit about this, so I'm gonna uh, so I'm the expert, and I'm just gonna go ahead and you know, take charge of this whole situation. Right. Regardless yeah. of whether or not it's a good idea. Or or the boss, the <clears throat> person that pays you. Right. I mean, this is where you get yes men. You get yes men because of Yeah, this things. is about telling truth to power. This is where I get in trouble. Yes, John <laughs> does get in trouble here. I just get mad and then just, like, silently s- stew. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes the group think is, is a thing you have to go with. Like it's out of your hands. You have sometimes. to go along to get you're, along. You're on but a bus. I don't, I don't think thirty five people, you're the only one who wants to go to Chili's. Everybody else is <laughs> going to Red Robin. You're like, guess we're going to Red Robin. <laughs> I don't think that classifies that into this then though. <laughs> well, I mean I guess if you just it's really just, it's kind a simplistic of, yeah. version, isn't he? He's not wrong. Uh, but I am not sure that's the uh, that's what I would use to you know, that's the the, the perfect example I would well, use. Well it depends. Are you driving the bus or not? Ooh. Because if you're not driving the bus... Well, ultimately, the person driving the bus makes the decision as to where you go or, whether, or in fact, whether or not you live through the trip. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't think that falls under the restaurant scenario. That's my two cents. Group, pro- yeah, like group right. projects where you you, you got to figure, okay, uh, so let me tell you... Let me, did I tell you guys about um, International Night, Girl Scouts International Night? Yeah, but I don't know yeah. if you told our listeners. Uh, all right, so uh, our little one is in uh, Girl Scouts. And she had international night that not that long ago. Isn't it just scouts now? Uh, no, that's Boy Scouts. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Girl Scouts is still Girl Scouts. And they had international night not that long ago. And for those of you who are not aware, international night is an opportunity for various Girl Scout troops to highlight the uh, differences and uh, the cultural uh, intricacies of other, of other countries. And usually it's a pretty good show. Last year there was a little thing about Mexico where uh, the person doing giving the presentation uh, characterized all Mexican people as commonly wearing sombreros and ponchos, which I've been to Mexico numerous times. I've never seen anyone in a sombrero or a poncho that wasn't in a mariachi band. Uh, just throwing that out there. But this year... Uh, two of the troops banded together, and they did, for International Night, 
the United States of America. <laughs> it's bullshit. And they... Their food... You have to make a food to, you know, the, the, from that country that kind of highlights, uh, you know, that, that country's uh, cuisine. Did they bring Taco Bell? No way. No. Better. The food that they chose to uh, to put out there for everyone was candy corn. Oh, yeah. I remember this now. And uh, they did the Cupid Shuffle for their skit. You just have to do a skit to kind of, you know... Uh, one of the, like, the, uh, one, one, one troop did Greece, and they reenacted the Olympics. Uh, they did a little skit with the gods and the Olympics, and, uh, they do, like, uh, one of the Dominican Republic, so they did, like, a, like, 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 a, like, like a, um, a dance. A Dominican uh, dance. Yeah, with dance. the, uh, with the, uh, with the dresses and all that stuff. It was really good. Uh, so they, they did the Cupid Shuffle. And I, and I feel as though, like... One person decided, hey, let's do America, and, you know, like, and then just, everybody just followed along with it. There had to be somebody in that group who's like, this is a terrible idea. Number one, this but is I'm international not, but I don't, night. Yeah. And, and we I'm, have to also remember, these girls are 14, 15 years old. They're, you know. I know exactly how this came to be now. It, ju- it just dawned on me. How what came to be? Why this group think happened with that group, and what the one person's reasoning was to be. What? It's the same reason why when somebody says something about, well, yeah, blue lives matter, but or black lives matter, but so do white lives. So they're right. like, well, the United States is international to everybody else. Yep, that's probably actually. I should also right. state that uh, international light is voluntary. <laughs> no one's required to do this. So troops make the conscious choice to participate and pick a country. So it's not like, God, I really don't want to do international light. Let's just pick America. They're like, Ooh, we should do we should do America for international light this year. Somebody had that idea, and people went along with it, mm-hmm. and everybody else went along with it. All right, so uh, can I go ahead and anchor a thought that those are bad people? Like so, the parents of those kids are bad people. Uh, for this one, Jay, you, you can you can you can you can mark me down for negative on this one. I yeah. no. love. I read 1984. I love it. I love going against the uh, the stream yeah. uh, in a it's group scenario. Best. It's my it's one of my favorite things ever. I'm but especially when you, it's a terrible idea. If, if 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 for those of you who are listening, all three of you who are uh, who may be familiar with the Myers Briggs personality test, arguing is one of the things that I enjoy. <laughs> it's a hobby for me. You Big shocker. You don't say. <laughs> I do say. Pete. Yeah. No. All right. Last one for this week. All right, uh, the last one we're going to talk about today is negativity bias. Uh, you allow negative things to disproportionately influence your thinking. This is the opposite of what uh, is, is the thing that Pete and I were talking about uh, when we were uh, the opposite of self-serving bias, where we hate ourselves, so we <laughs> naturally assume that we're incapable of doing anything good. Uh, the pain of loss and hurt are felt uh, more keenly and persistently than the feeling of gratification of pleasant things. Uh, we're primed for survival, and our aversion to pain can distort our judgment uh, for a modern world. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is. Necessarily, it's not really. It's not really the same thing. It's I was not the opposite. Said that. It's it's actually. Um, so you view um, you see something negative on TV, like a plane goes down. And then suddenly you don't want to be in a plane crash, so you don't fly anymore. 
that's kind of what this is. In my opinion. Um, Prime for survival and aversion to pain, so we destroy our judgment for a modern world. So now, all of a sudden, we think, here's, here's your anti-vaxxer right here. I mean, they have a bunch of these biases. But they believe that all vaccines are negative now so they believe that now or they've seen that it's negative they believe and they believe that it's now negative and they'll never do it again right it's kind of what it is yeah or or you went to mexico and you got sick and you got robbed so now you think that mexico is full of crime and people just rob you there right that's what this is i don't feel like i fall into this Yeah, again, critical thinking. Again, critical thinking. Like, stats. This seems to be, like, half of these is seriously you're making the conscious choice to not engage or critically think about anything. You just, whatever happens in front of you, that's the thing that you're doing now, and you can't get out of it. Yeah, so I don't feel like I fall really in under this one. Um, Ken? Uh, no, actually. Uh, not my thing. Uh, and the, 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 uh, the one that I use, uh, for, uh, for negativity bias is, uh, people's perception of Flint. Right. Like crime and bad water. Those are the two things people know about Flint. For years, we were in the top 10 most dangerous cities in America and the water crisis. That's all people know about Flint. They don't know about the vibrant culture. They don't know about the, the great people we have here. We don't know. They, they don't know about all the people working to make Flint better. They don't know about the awesome farmer's market or our incredible cultural center or any one of the dozen or hundreds of other things that make Flint a great town. They don't, you know, they, they just, Flint's terrible. Flint's terrible. Come, come stand in my backyard and tell me how bad Flint is. Right. Like, right. Or any of our backyards, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, Flint's a great place to live. Mine's pretty bad. Yeah, but yours is also not in You've Flint. You've got a nice patio. You do have a decent patio. I do. Mine's in Flint. It's on the street. It's oh, my house is down. I, I like your I patio. Thought, I thought you were talking about the Burton house. Oh, The, the Burton, Burton house, house? Bad backyard's not even that bad. No, it's not. It's no. A nice, you got a nice covered porch there. Oh, I know. I, I actually like both houses. Anyway, Jonathan, do you fall under this? Uh, definitely not. Okay. Dana? No, I don't think so. Okay, that's a negative for all four. All right. All right, so our scores as of right now. I'm losing. I uh, actually we have a tie. Mm. You and Dana are tied at six. Nice. Followed mm-hmm. by Ken at five. Followed by myself at three. Three. Yeah. Really I, three. I feel as though the uh, the the scoring is uh, somewhat. Yeah, I think you're Dunning Krugering it up over there. <laughs> somewhat flawed. I gave myself that one. Yeah, but then you stuck with your awesome for the rest of. No, I didn't stick with them. Awesome. I stuck with my Everything philosophy. Awesome. All right. So, all right. We when come we come back, back uh, Vlix quips and the new um, cheese challenge, <laughs> the pickle flick. Pickle flick. Jesus. We'll be right back, guys. <laughs> Some bomb, baby. We on our way to heaven. Hey, man. Hey, 
strong, strong, yeah. Bad gorilla zoo, and we thinking about you. All we ever do, thinking about you. We back at the zoo, man. Thinking about you, man. Where my girl is at? We miss you. We really miss you. So cool. All right. Yeah. Yikes. Just, I, I suck at words. Let's get this out there. But whenever you say, I really, really anything, you're terrible. I really, really miss you. Things yeah, that make you go. <laughs> so this was. I wasn't hating it up until then. Really? You weren't it hating was, that? Whatever. It's a hip hop. Oh, like, Auto tune. They're all mild. Thinking about Harambe sipping on some Bombay. Is it worse than anything else? Honestly? So well, like, first of all, it's Mumbai. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so obviously this was the song released by uh, Elon Musk. It's terrible. But Don't say that. It's terrible. Don't say that. How are I'm, we going to get him terrible. to fund us, Pete? If right, exactly. It's objectively, he's funding it's objectively us. terrible. I run the show and he's great. Send us money now, please. Right. Thank you. So You it, run nothing. <laughs> And it's terrible. <laughs> yes, Pete. So, what's funny about this is Elon Musk has been doing a lot for Flint lately, like buying laptops for children in schools and is this helping segment, with water. Or is this another comment I have to delete later? No, that's okay. what he's doing. No, I'm gonna. Elon Musk is great. He's thank a you lunatic. for everything you're doing for Flint. Love your cars. Would seriously like to own one someday when they're affordable and and I'm not poor. But you're the richest one in the room. Stick to your wheelhouse, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not. I'm not out there trying to make the next generation electric car. I'm just. I'm just doing the accounting thing because that's that's what I'm good at. So my argument is his wheelhouse is being crazy, and this is it. He just that's, likes doing fun a, shit. If that if that's if if that's his wheelhouse, then this is just a natural progression. That's of what's what I'm saying. Happen. Dude, if he had as much money as he has. And you just wanted to do whatever, and you're like, I want to record a rap song today. And you came to me and said, hey, let's record a rap song. I wouldn't do that. Well, you know, in well, fairness, if if I had Elon Musk money, I we would have our we would have like a fully we, this would be a full studio. We'd be in a well, that's oh, my for sure. that's We'd my be in a point. Recording studio in the basement of my house. But when you would occasionally go down there, and be like, dude, I want to sing a song about Harambe, and we're like, yeah, let's write some lyrics and make up some really funny, stupid shit. Like one day we will do. So we will engage in groupthink and tell each other that we should be rappers? No, we'll do a serial about space. And I will go against space. the grain and be like, no, we should not. Serial about space? We're not going to do a serial about space. That'd be ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. Why, why, why would anybody do that? Next thing you're going to say, let's put Nixon in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, like we let that asshole out of his room long enough to do something like that. Terrible idea. Why are we coming here Saturday, then? What? What? <laughs> What? <laughs> to to enjoy hanging out with each other. Yeah, we just hang out. And have big potatoes. Yeah, we don't make awesome, awesome cereals starring Nixon and Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy? Who said anything about Kennedy? <laughs> yeah. What's, what is this? In what? space? We don't do that. There's no doom involved? No, there's no doom. Doom. <laughs> Anyways, so what's up? Moving on. I don't know. What are you fuckers is next? That was my quip it. <laughs> That was my Vic's quip. Was the uh, all right? You want me to do was it? Was Musk releasing a rap song about a, a Thanks, gorilla? Thank, thank you, Elon Musk, for right. the uh, for the entertainment. It, it is much appreciated. So, who, who wants to go next? 
I'll go. Go, Ken. All right, Dateline, St. Louis. A man who brought his colleague's bagel sliced like bread is getting an earful from New Yorkers on social media. Damn straight. That came from Panera. Alex Cr- Let me read the article, please. <laughs> Mr. Ruin the Fun. Alex, Cr- Alex Krautman on Monday tweeted a photo of bagels uh, he, the, and called the vertical slices the St. Louis secret. Krautman said it creates more slices and more surface area for cream cheese. So he's conceding the bagel is basically just a vessel for cream cheese at this point. He said the few remaining slices uh, make nice bagel chips with hummus. Uh, It was a hit, he wrote. One of my teachers used to say that shrimp was only a good thing. The only good thing shrimp was for was for putting cocktail sauce in your mouth. Because you like horseradish and ketchup, apparently. (laughs) Which is all all cocktail sauce is. Uh, however, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, born and raised in New York, wasn't buying it. He tweeted, on behalf of the New York delegation, St. Louis, forget about it! <laughs> Did he say that? Literally said that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, New York City's Chief of Detectives, Dermot Shea, thanked posters for reporting this crime. Uh, and he said it would never happen in New York. Panera, the bakery from once the bagels came, thanks, j for ruining the, the bearing lead on that one, told... <laughs> Kraut when the bagels it was in the picture are on us next time and they'll be sliced however you'd like oh yikes so Political answer in an article headlined twitter lashes out at sociopath uh in quotes <laughs> uh bagel sliced like bread the new york post reported that scott goldshine the general manager of new york bagel shop zabars for over 40 years was in complete shock wow I just have to say, why, he told the newspaper. That's bizarre. (laughs) I've never seen it done like that. (laughs) I don't know what the purpose of it is. If somebody somebody asked for that, they'd be looked at like they were from another country. Ooh, hates immigrants. And the controversial bagel techniques isn't already a crime. Several lawmakers express interest in making it one. Is it a cream cheese wall? And then the sliced bagels are like the more... The yes. Bricks? I believe yeah. this is a class A felony in New York City. And if it's... But if it's not, it should be, wrote Brooklyn City Councilman Justin Brannon. Manhattan State Senator Brad Hoyland agreed. This should be illegal, he tweeted. New York City's Conflicts of Interest Board had some advice for the St. Louis bagel fan. Stay out of New York. <laughs> Religious authorities weighed in as well. This is a violation of all that is good and holy in this world, wrote Rabbi Daniel Ruttenberg. Good Lord, they love their bagels. Haven't we Jews suffered enough already? Added Sophie (laughs) Verschpau. Did you say that? Oh, no. Uh, The slice job did have its defenders, although not many. My timeline is filled with outrage, and meanwhile my fat ass is, is calculating how much more surface area... There is to slather butter and cream cheese on them, wrote Twitter user at Card Junk. Yeah. I have one thing to say about this. What? I personally could see doing this in a workplace environment. That where if you only bought 12 bagels, more people could have all the different flavors in one day. Like a bagel sample no. pack? Yes. Do you? How do you toast them? You don't? In the toaster? You can't, after you've sli- you can't toast them with that if you sliced them. 
why can't you put it in the toaster? You blurt them. You're, you're gonna have quarter-sized chunks of bagel in a toaster. You're gonna like turn it upside down and shake them all out. I think he's thinking of what you of have those a toaster ovens. oven. Toaster. Uh, he's thinking oven. of a toaster yeah. oven. Yeah, we don't have those. Well, no, you couldn't do that. I guess with the end pieces and stuff, but the middle piece is long. You can put that in the toaster. The no. middle piece has a hole in the middle of it. You don't. You don't put. You don't put separate pieces in a toaster. You don't. Just don't do it. Okay, so I guess there's only looking at the picture. Your homework. Your homework. Yeah, there's assignment. like there's one two pieces. Your homework so assignment. So four pieces for the next per week bagel. Is to toast. Vertically sliced bagel. <laughs> okay. Right. I'll order some bagels from Panera tomorrow and I'll toast them at work. Okay. Right. Do we have a toaster at work? Yeah, we do. Okay, sweet. Wait, can you order them from Panera and make them toast them? I actually, uh, ooh, good question. You'd have better luck. I you think know why? I actually they have, have to... a conveyor belt toaster. Ah, okay. I think I actually have to go there and ask them to put them through the bread slicer. So I don't know if I can order them online. So I, this might... No, that's something you got to you no, gotta, you gotta do. You that bring first. a knife and you cut it yourself like a big book. Fuck that. I ain't doing that. No. No, bread slicer. I'm using yeah. the bread slicer Panera. That's what it's there for. Use the paper cutter. Actually, it's there bread. <laughs> that's going to crush them. That thing's not sharp. Just use the shredder. Just put it in there. Uh, ooh, paper shredder. That's a good idea. I wonder if you can't get a bagel with a paper shredder. You can't. You they're can. not. They're, no. Plus, they're all oily. It's just put it lather there with butter instead. I just want to put stuff in a paper shredder. <laughs> I just want to use one of those giant shredders that I throw refrigerators in. Right. That would be fun. Good Lord. <sighs> All right, who's next? One of you, either you two. Uh, let's get this poop thing over with. All right, Dan's pooping. Okay, so it turns out mountain climbers, they poop, <laughs> and and then they don't clean it up. Well, they're eating twelve thousand calories a day. Of course, they're pooping. No, they eat a lot of dried food. They said their 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 needs they're, they're a little irregular when well, you're climbing the mountain. What's the headline? He's trying to find it. He lost it. He wasn't busy, even ready. He's busy summarizing I, this no, article. I was, it's a very reading. long article that I do not intend to read. Climate change could melt decades worth of human poop at Denali National Park in Alaska. Um, yeah, so turns out our, our general plan for the entire planet of do whatever you want now, because it kind of doesn't matter, has consequences later in life. No. I know, what? right? It's almost like... Gosh, this industrial revolution could have been done better if anybody cared about the end result. So now all of the hikers have to come down the hill with their poop. Got a can for it. You get to poop in a can. Uh, they, they call a full can. It's like 10 pounds of carrying your own poop. They're kind of marking it as an unofficial badge of pride, taking your own poop down. They don't see any, anything about anybody like grabbing extra poop. On their way out, trying to clean it or anything. Right. Read the um, second paragraph. Is there a second paragraph? Yeah, it starts with the bad news is. So when this oh, the bad news yeah. is that the 66 tons of frozen feces left by climbers on Alaska Summit is expected to start melting sometime in the coming decades. 66 tons? As soon as possibly this summer. Right, but it's on layer after layer of the glacier, so it's going to come out slowly. It's poop. The first time it rains, it's going to go away. So basically, the story is, it's going to smell weird hiking on Denali for a little while. But there's 66 tons. Yeah, over how far? Of poop. How many trails? How many human corpses on uh, the Himalayas? We could have done that story. Because there's also poop up there. <laughs> it's going to stink, is basically it. 
and it's going to come out slowly. It's really going to have to work. Right, for it. and it's going to run into the rivers in California. <laughs> nice. I don't know why that made me laugh. I think it's funny. Uh, it you know how we, you know we solve this problem, don't you? How do we solve this problem? Border wall. <laughs> and he drops the mic. Ken just left the building, folks. Goodness. So an average person poops a pound of poop a day. Did you just look that up? I take that as a personal challenge, and I've got you beat. <laughs> challenge accepted. Yeah, yes, I did look it up because I wanted to know. So that means, like, like, like hikers on Denali, I too consume twelve thousand calories a day. Right. And there's quite a bit more poop than a pound. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, I always wondered if there was someone insane enough to develop a toilet that was also a scale, just so you'd always know. <laughs> Somebody would say, congratulations, you broke your previous record. I bet there's some health nuts who pounds. really want to know. You could sell that. You could totally sell that. Yeah, there's coprophiliacs out there that want to know that shit. That's 132,000 poops. 132,000 poops? Yeah. How many people have climbed in Ellie? I have no I idea. Well, divide that number. I think they said they were out there for about two weeks, 12 days, something like that. Like, it's a 12-day thing. Um, so divide it by six because they said, like, every other day. Well, not not pooping every day, but we'll we'll be generous. We'll average it out. So do you want to be divided by what? Six. six. 22,000. Okay. 22,000 hikers have summited that. I bet that's probably a fairly accurate number. Yeah, I've, that sounds strangely accurate. Hmm. Okay. So you know who you are. Head back up. <laughs> and go get your shit. Go get your shit. <laughs> Scoop your poop. <laughs> Scoop your poop. Hey. That's another PSA. Right. Scoop, Scoop your, your poop. poop. Right. Yeah, you turn it into about t- talking about cleaning up after your pet. Right. Yeah, scoop your poop. Yeah, oh, maybe. it'll open like it's a mountain climbing thing, but it'll just be a Costco right. advertisement of like, it, seriously, poop. when you poop in Costco, please clean it up. Like, clean up in aisle six. <laughs> disgusting. You guys are disgusting. Take after you, bud. I don't. I don't read stories like that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so go ahead. Here and we go. Yours. Court dismisses 1.8 million bullying case brought by man accused boss of breaking wind. Why do you always go British? Why not? Victorian court upholds Supreme Court ruling that even if David Hinks' allegations were true, flatulence did not necessarily constitute bullying. An Australian appeals court on Friday dismissed a bullying case brought by an engineer who accused his former supervisor of repeatedly breaking wind in his general direction. <laughs> the, vi- in your general. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Victoria State Court of Appeal upheld the Supreme Court judge's ruling that even if engineer David Hingst's allegations were true, flatulence did not necessarily constitute bullying. But David Hingst has vowed to take his case to the High Court. He had sought $1.8 million in a suit against former employer construction engineering, but a judge blasted the case out of the Supreme Court last year. Did he? Did it smell? <laughs> Hinks applied to appeal the case, saying, Fletchlins was a former bullying, and his ex-colleague Greg Short was a serial farter. The Court of Appeal ruled against Hinks on Friday, refusing to grant him leave of appeal and ordering him to pay the defendant's legal costs. The application will be refused with costs, Justice Philip Priest said. In response, Hinks promised to take the case further. I'm taking it to the high court, he told the judges. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the high voice. Yeah. Yeah. What, what Mr. Hanky, the Christmas <laughs> <Mickey Mouse courtroom. laughs> 
Yeah. We're did you come down the mountain already? I did. She'll be coming around the mountain. Hinks did not speak to reporters as he left court with an item of clothing held over his mouth and his face. On Monday, Hinks gave details of alleged bullying, saying Short would come into his small, windowless office several times a day and break wind. Yeah, Ken. Break wind. I just want a, a side note. Uh, 32,000 people have uh, summited Denali. It's We're close, dude. Moving on. <clears throat> he would fight behind me and walk away, and he would do this five or six times a day, he said outside Colt. He also said Short had abused him over the phone, used profane language, and at times taunted him with farting gestures. He thrusted his bomb at me while he's at work, Hinks told the judges. Like, what the hell is going on? I'm kind of on this guy's side. Like, I wonder if he has a like fart fetish. I would totally punch that guy for walking by your desk and farting like five times a day. Like, seriously? Yeah, it's almost obvious that he's doing it to you. Yeah, you crap dust me once, maybe twice. That's on purpose. All right. right. So this is what Hinks claimed. Hinks said he suffered a psychological injury as a result of the bullying and has not returned to work since he was dismissed a decade ago. Yeah, he should be filing for charges to get dropped against him for punching that guy in the dick. <laughs> That's what be. this should have been. Like, oh, should have been. three days of that and you get punched in the dick is what happens. Like, oh, you think you're funny. Not ten years of let you fart in my face. Poor bastard. Well, he said he suffered psychological damage from it, though. Well, he got to suffer from something. He wants $1.8 million. Decade. For a decade. Right. Like, <laughs> like it's disgusting, That's yes. That's how you become the stapler guy in Office Max. I, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't suffered from anything for a decade, except for fatness. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not buying it. Yeah, but psychologically suffering from that? That's just weird. Well, I've never psychologically <laughs> suffered from fatness. No, I meant, I meant I meant the guy in this farting fetish. <laughs> Ken. God. Why did he put up with it though for so long? That's right. what I'm saying. Like Danon said, like you do it three times, you get punched in the dick. Why aren't you on the phone to HR? I mean, like yeah, who? like and, like nobody takes you seriously. Like nobody else can smell it. I had somebody. <laughs> it, I accidentally put Home Depot once in a report instead of Home Depot, and like somebody called <laughs> HR. So, Are you serious? Yes, because apparently they're very sensitive about immigration. <laughs> so I'm not. I wish I was joking. Again, this is one of those biases we talked about earlier when they thought it was personal, and it wasn't. Oh, I forget. What, I already forgot what that was called. Because you hate Mexicans. Uh, clearly, I do. We found that out last week. Right. Yeah, we're not gonna go into that. <laughs> Home Depot. How have I never heard that before? So you you put you, seriously you get somebody called HR. I make an entry every month for the Home Depot bill, and I put Home Depot charges and whatever the date range is. I accident I accidentally put deport, just you know typing away trying to get things done quickly, and like there was a phone call about it. You're kidding. I I I'd love to be kidding about this. I would love it. That's like the most ridiculous thing but I've ever heard. Happened. That's ridiculous. Like, that person that called on that shouldn't work there if they're that sensitive, and they can't realize that sometimes people make mistakes. And they probably don't even know you. Also, we don't employ any... We hardly employ any minorities. <laughs> Weird. It's a sh- for, for a city that is majority black, there are a lot, a shocking number of white people that work in my company. Right. I'm not surprised. 
So this was a really good podcast. You thought so? Was it? I think Was so. it? We had our moments. Yeah, so we're having to move a couple we, things to next week. We always have a couple moments. We had a moment. Yeah, a the moment. sandwiches. Oh, my God. That's what people are going to fast forward through. So next if week, we will have we'll go over the pickle flick. Pickle oh, flick! Pickle flick. Oh, I yep. hope we have a video to post on that one. I do have a video. Oh, there's so many videos. No, I mean, there. I want to make a video. Oh, you want to make a video? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll get burgers at work next week, and I'll do it to Pete mm-hmm. while we're at work. The okay, lettuce. Cu- I want to do the lettuce lob. I'll try to catch them in my mouth. <laughs> or the tomato toss. And um, next week also, Pete's got a segment for uh, rude Scottish words Ooh. and phrases. So oh, that's right. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. So here, uh, a new segment at the end of the episode, now, since we kind of stopped doing the either-or game for a while. Um, questions that will make you think. Oh, no. I'm we not, just, just, I'm we not just good established at this. we it's don't just, think very much. Nope. It's just, so what we're going to do is I'm going to say the question, and then a short segment next week will be our answer to this question. Okay. So the question this week. Can anything ever really be considered true, or is everything subjective? Now, don't answer, because we're going to answer next week. I'll say it one more time. Can anything ever really be considered true, or is everything subjective? Well, I hope you guys enjoy listening to this week's episode of the Vlix podcast. And uh, go make yourselves sandwiches, bitches. Peace. Peace.